Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. How's it going, everybody? I only have one thing to say to start off this podcast, Charlie. Light the beam. Hello, what have we here? Uh, Light the beam. <laughs> did you catch that sign throughout every uh, throughout Rampage as well? Dude, I though? did. I, I don't know what it was. To, do you? You no, I'm sure it was a reference to something. Oh. Probably something like really offensive or something like that. Like some cult that worships <laughs> like the devil, like the, the super devil, you know what I mean? Like or something like that. But like, you know, um either way, it's a we are lighting the rallying beam. call in support for the Sacramento Kings. So hey, they, we were in Sacramento this week. Oh, okay. Light the beam. Okay. okay. Respect. Sports okay. AEW fans, we know we love to get their sport. We had like a kid we got KD sign a few weeks ago. Like, you know, so yeah. AW okay. fans very sport you know what's weird i don't know if this is because aw is more sports engine not the tangent while i'm in the middle of my intro here because i love doing that but um like i think aw fans generally speaking i don't know if you would agree with this are more sports knowledgeable not just like sports fans because i think there's a lot of wwe fans that also like watch football or maybe basketball or both but like or maybe even hockey you know because you see hockey jerseys on wrestlers a lot of times so but anyway yeah um yeah being on tnt probably has some cross promote you know well, yeah, right. There's so many times that like we just had the rampage slam dunk. What was that like three weeks ago or something? Like you know, like yeah. So and they're doing like this three point contest in a couple weeks for a local show. That's not even televised. Really? They're just oh, yeah. non televised. They're just doing like a three point contest with AEW people. That's pretty funny. Yep. You know who I think is going to win that weirdly? Just off the top of my head, I'd Kenny Omega. Some... Yes. <laughs> he's supposedly good at basketball i don't know what yeah, he says. that's what i'm thinking that's what, that's what he says or or uh was it matt is better at shooting i don't know but whichever, whichever jackson is good at shooting but um i mean we saw the bt episode where they were playing basketball they can't actually shoot have you ever seen them in an arcade they can shoot hoops but anyway um they need kenny omega versus the two of them in like a one-on-two who can shoot more basket contest or something but anyway um that, that being said because that'd be fair but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway um completely tangentially going off the rails um the, but i just i don't know i think that i don't know if that's probably not true but like i just went in my head because i see so many more signs that are just like straight up sports references you know it's like all right whatever but we're lighting the beam this week um so whatever you know to make sure you're lighting the beam along with us every week in case this is your hey, first hey. time listening to this podcast make sure you follow us on twitter that's at bane duke for me b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e and at oh charlie with an x instead of an a and you can also follow this podcast at eat sleep elite hit us with a question in the mailbag to get your question in the, i don't know if it'd be in the news section but like a special section of the news or something i assume that's how we're gonna do that anyway or wherever it fits on the show we may chuck your question for the very end because it's like here fantasy book this you know and so we can't actually do it in the middle of the podcast but um and also make sure to follow in or subscribe whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on be that apple podcast google podcast or whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on i know we have a lot of fans who like to kick it on spotify i know i do occasionally like to listen to spotify for podcasts because there's a lot of places you can conveniently listen to stuff on spotify like your computer your phone uh probably a tv i bet there's a tv app for spotify i would bet um, yeah so you know, you know, if you're chick, if you're ki- if you're chicken back, if you're chicken back, that's weird. But if you're kicking back, listening to this podcast on your TV, tell us in the comments. <laughs> um, 
I anyway. I believe someone is. There's someone out there. Somebody in like Norway or just something. Just letting you know, it like, roll in the background while they're you know in, in their dishes. smart home that's powered by you know like uh the you know like the sun you know what I mean powered like, by Action Andretti's pants powered by Action Andretti <laughs> powered by powered by Athena's jacket anyway um. That, that okay, that joke didn't hit. Anyway, um, so yeah, that, that, <laughs> no, that being it said, works. Uh, it works. Yeah, um, Davinci? Does she make those herself? If so, that's insane. I think um, so. It, it, I mean, it would not put it past Athena to also be like a a wiring electrical genius. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, um, but she does cosplay, right? So cosplayers a lot of times do have those weird, like their robotics arms and stuff like that. that she had, yeah. So like, anyway. Um, even if she gets a bot, that's still cool that she even has that kind of stuff coming out of her head. We'll get to that when we get to Athena stuff. But um, yeah, um, there was a lot of really, really good stuff on wrestling this week, Charlie. Um, yeah, I didn't even say that's the first time I've said your name throughout this whole pod. We're we're five minutes in, and I just now acknowledge that you have a name. All right, well, listen, it listen, y'all. <laughs> you're just gonna have to deal with the flow of consciences here. I had like a whole plan when I was coming in and I only executed like one part of it. And so we're just going, we're going on the riff, you know, but, um, but I don't know. Like, I, I like to call it the pre favorite scramble where we just kind of talk about random shit before we really get kicking into full gear. Well, yeah. Cause like it, once we start going, it just goes and like, it can kind of get a little like, you know, a little repetitive. So I like to spice things up a little bit here at the beginning. Um, all right. I usually like to throw like a random question here that's like just swirling around in my head. Um, all right. So I, I think I've brought this up to you a couple of times recently, but this is something I was thinking about all week that I'd bring up to you. We've been seeing Lance Archer back. Yep. We don't really know what he's doing per se yet. Um, what would you have if you're going to throw him in like a random match or program, have him win or lose to somebody? What, what, what would you do with Lance Archer just randomly right now if you just had an idea? Right now, because we, we got Lance Archer's a big man. We gotta. We're pushing a few big men on TV, so it's kind of a weird spot. You don't want to over flood the market, right? You just brought him back. You gotta have him stand out, right? And I, I keep going back to Lance Archer was always so fucking good in a tag team, right? Like so good in a tag team. Um, there's a lot of people you could pair him with in the current landscape that are kind of searching for a home. Um, I had one the other day. I, well, we were kind of talking some Lance Archer, and I just completely blanked on who it is. But Lance Archer is one of those guys where he he brings a certain presence that not everyone, not other, especially not every other big man brings. Like our big guys right now, Hobbs, Cage, Wardlow, Joe, uh, Big Bill, they all carry a different presence, and Lance Archer is very different from even them, right? So, gotta imagine all of them in just a brawlic meat locker match, man. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Reinforce and the ring. You'd have to, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's tag yeah, Lance Archer up somewhere and see where it goes. And I just would have him win on TV for a bit. Just have him get some random TV matches, then put him in it. Like I think that's probably what they're gonna do, and just have him feud with some. Like maybe hear me out. I mean, he's feuded with with Adam Page in the past, right? Maybe they do like a short little mini thing there on his way to the title or something. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. Maybe because I don't think you and... pull the trigger on Hangman right now because you don't want to waste twelve weeks of non like because I feel like six weeks from now you'll have to do something with him and MJF right 
Oh, I got to and this is, you know what? Uh, even if you didn't mean to, this is something we're going to spend some time on. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I'm, I, it's called it. We, we call this, for people listening to the podcast, we call this a tease. Anyway. Um, we, we are going to be talking about, I, I think this week they've, they've kind of geared their hand at what they're going to be doing with MJF and at the scrum. We didn't talk about the scrum last week during our uh, revolution review, but I believe at the scrum. That's because we hadn't watched and, it yet. At least and during this week. I believe they've kind of tipped their hand on what MJF's plan is for the next pay-per-view, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So, that being said, it's an ev- it's an odd number this week. Um, it, you get the first crack at favorites. First crack, crack since Revolution. This is our we're we're officially starting the road to double or nothing. Which, in my opinion, I mean that's kind of always the first show of it. That was the first show of AEW, so it's got a special place and. Yep. I think Double or Nothing's where they like to bring it all. So you mentioned it's the first favorite since Revolution. You mentioned, um, and on our Resolution review, which you also mentioned, I said I would only like this match retroactively with Wardlow winning the title. If we were just, I mean, even though I didn't like Wardlow losing the title immediately, if that's what the plan was for him to just get mugged by Hobbs and lose his title, I feel bad for Wardlow. I can't lie to you, but. I don't feel that bad for Wardlow, to be honest with you. Like, it's a wrestling business. Sometimes you get passed on. That happens. You know who got passed on before when Wardlow was in his last big, like, oh, crap, we forgot about you three months ago. Let's actually do something with you and Joe. That was Hobbs, you know? He was the last one told to take a seat. Because I remember me and you when Wardlow got his push into the scene with Joe, when Joe was about to do his King of Television run. I said to you then that I thought they were going to take Hobbs and put him in that division because he was just so hot at the time after just turning yeah. heel. Um, somehow Hobbs has not lost, and this is a, tra- a testament to Hobbs, I think. Um, if in case you haven't figured it out yet, it's Wardlow versus Hobbs, obviously, for the TNT title. Anyway, um, I feel like we always should save the match, but I, I, you know, I think people got it. But anyway, um, so I'll get into the actual match in a second, but I like to do these little preludes because I feel like I remember saying to you that at the time that I was like, oh, man, it, it does." I didn't say this probably like this, but in my head it was like Hobbs is kind of being told it's kind of take a seat right now. And I think at the time both of us were just hoping they would do both of them having something at the same time. They didn't really go that way. I mean, he had his feud with Ricky, but again, it was sort, sort of stop-start both times they did it. So, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, um, not, to, not to harp too much on the, on the past, but I'm sure people will be like pissed that Wardlow lost his title for some reason. Oh, wait, they were. We'll get to that. Um, there's a lot to talk about and we will, we, we will put a pin in something that's related to this. Um, but we will obviously have to talk about the big, the big ending here. So not the big ending. Hold on. That's Biggie's move anyway. Um, but yeah, so that being said, this match started in the parking lot. Now, normally I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of like parking lot brawls and, but I'll be honest with you. This one lasted like a few minutes. So like we were like right in the ring or in the arena, I should say like pretty much immediately. So and I was thinking about this, Charlie. If you think about this, you just won a championship and you put it on the line in, excuse me, in a, in a, what was the stipulation on this again? It was like, this was a crazy. false count anywhere match. They, so I believe they ended up making it that because Warlow actually didn't even have his championship with him either. So, right. Which they had a belt there, obviously, yeah. but, uh, they didn't have Wardlow's championship. Um, so yeah, so they ended up making this a fall count anywhere match, and 
it, it's crazy to think about that. Like, dude literally hasn't even had, like, anything, like, close to wear because he got robbed of his gear. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is nuts. Like, this man's out here wrestling in an FTR t-shirt. This is insanity, which I actually think looked great in the, in the brawl. I think that actually worked perfectly. I think it's better when they're doing these kinds of matches for them to not wear, like, wrestling gear. That works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Anyway. Um, I liked... I, uh, wait, let me pull my nose back up. They, they went away. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so they brawled through the back. They were laying the hell in, like all the like forearms and like heavy shots were being laid really heavily in in this match. Like they were actually just like tagging each other. Not really. They weren't actually hitting each other, but like they were like, you know, those like strong style like forearms and elbows and shit like that you see in New Japan. That That's what they were doing because Wardlow has talked about this in interviews before. He's going to hit you as hard as he can because that's These what guys are not afraid to club each other. He, well, he just he says that's the only way he knows how to do it. You know, like so like I'm just like, oh, damn, that sucks to watch Russell Wardlow, I guess. But, you know, like I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, like he's just saying like he, he says that in a way that's like the hardcore style is like the hardcore hard hitting style is his style. And I'm like, OK, shit, Wardlow maybe you should go to new japan god damn you know what i mean but like um like for real he could probably do some do well up there that's how that's how he wrestles you know what i mean but um anyway but th- i was thinking this that's a kind of a crazy stipulation to defend your first title match and it, it is what is essentially a stipulation where you're essentially expected to lose the title you know what i mean like it's like being put yeah. in a triple threat in your first title defense you're almost guaranteed you will not walk out with your championship you know like it's just hard like because that's the way you would. That's the way that it makes the most sense to book that, even if they just won the title. Absolutely, it does. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was thinking about that was wild. There were some wild spots. The one that I wrote down was um, obviously the Senton Tomiko spot through the table. You know, uh, so you good. Ex- expect there to be plunder and stuff like that. I think they probably use like steel chairs and stuff like that at some point. I was just really just taken aback by the brutality of the match. Not like taken aback and like. Oh, like where i was like grabbing my skirt or something like that you know but like i was like you know like okay goddamn they, they went boys. out they, they went out and did the thing exactly right? exactly exactly and props to like I'm, he might come out and say some words about this to make me like pull this statement back later but props to wardlow for like for losing this title after three days i mean he did it it's a tough break i, I guess yeah. what do you do right are you gonna just make a mockery of the like wait that doesn't help anybody if you want to actually be a star, right? So, but tough, tough break for Wardlow. We had to, we had to give Wardlow his props. He took it like a man, you know. Not that he should have to. I hate, I hate using that phrasing. Actually, he took it, he took it on the chin. There you go. There you go. I don't like, I don't like using that phraseology. But anyway, um, but yeah. So I don't know. The big story here is at the end of the match. QT Marshall comes out of nowhere and attacks Wardlow setting up the opportunity for Hobbs to win the TNT championship. Now, for one, a, a false count anywhere match actually ended outside of the ring. Holy shit. Yep. I mean, that happens, but like, it this felt like appropriate. You know what I mean? Um, they won by knockout, right? I want to say or something. Is that what it was? Or did he pin him? I yep, can't remember. 10 count. Yeah. So yep. there was also like, it, it was, the there was also like, yeah, it was also kind of a, uh, a last man standing a little bit. I don't know what the rules are with that. That's why I was saying there was a crazy stipulation. They added a couple of stipulations onto this to make it more like that Wardlow was likely to lose. I guess the story is that Wardlow is an idiot. I don't know. But, I mean, he got fucked. But also, like, I don't think he would have won the match the way things were going. You know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe he would have. I don't know. But um, who knows? Uh, but the point is, QTV is obviously going to be, well, it's obviously going to be the television program for 
Well, yeah, it's gonna be on Dynamite. Yeah. Anyway, it's gonna be the the new like Miz TV type thing, right? But also, I feel like that's gonna be the name of the little like if there's a little faction that forms around Hobbs. Um, I think we're gonna save that discussion for a different part of the show. I believe, right? About what we think QTV yeah. and all that's gonna be, but. Yeah, because we'll, we'll talk more about the factory and QTV because we kind of talked, you know, teased There's it last week. There's a lot to unpack there. That we want to spend some time on the factory yes. because it's kind of crazy. They're all, now they're theoretically got to go all their separate ways. And yeah, we've been seeing the vignettes for QTV. It's officially QT Marshall. That's fine. Yep. That uh, makes sense. You and I, we we watch Dark. We know how good QT Marshall is at putting others over. I just want to say, I knew it was related to, I mean, QTV, I mean, duh. Right? Yeah, exactly. But also, like, come on. Not everyone was making that connection. Some people could have just, it could have been anything. It literally could have been anything. It could have been the quantum teleporters vignettes or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It could have been. It could have been. It could have been. It, now, here's the thing. This is actually, uh, the finish was a cool little callback to... It was about seven months prior, six months prior to when QT, you know, kind of even in a backstage segment on the show, yep. was telling Hobbs, I'll always be there for you when you need me. That was during the Ricky Starks feud. And he yep. attacks Ricky Starks and I think whoever was Ricky's tag partner at the time backstage and weakens them for another match that they, I think they had later. And then Ricky ends up losing to Hobbs. So this has been in the works the entire time allegedly obviously Hobbs was put on pause but you know like if he hadn't been this would have been what they went with obviously you know um and for what it's worth i don't know how how far the stretch is back but Hobbs told so on the grapsity podcast righteous reg he he said Hobbs told him about eight nine months ago he said i'm gonna win the tnt championship in the bay area and lo and fucking behold You've won the TNT championship. I mean, have they been? They've probably been in the Bay Area there a couple of times, right? Because no, this was the first. uh, San Francisco was the first shows that they've had there. I wonder if Reg was sitting there. And I'm almost "Hmm." wondering if this was because if we look back, right? Wardlow won that thing on Dynamite July 6th. Now, it's starting to seem like maybe they they had a plan. Maybe they had like a loose outline. And we're like, okay, we know we want Warlord to be our champion. We know we want Joe to be our champion. And we know we want Hobbs to be our champion. Maybe they had like a loose outline. They were like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Obviously, some injuries got in the way. And the Samoa Joe thing went its own route with Darby. And I th- I still think that was kind of a, a straight-up plan of, you know, here, we're waiting on Warlord to come back. Here's what we're going to do with you, Darby, because let's get another rain out of you. And Darby went out there and fucking crushed it for four weeks as champion. Now, how much truth to that is there? I don't know. But when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, man, I, I really think these guys are so fluent planning. It's not like New Japan planning was a few years, you know, where they would have two years booked in advance. And, and obviously they would run into some troubles with that. But well, you don't run we into have troubles loose... unless you just forcibly stick to something you know is not going to work. Exactly. But if we have a loose outline of stuff like this where they were like, OK, Hobbs, we know you're going to be champion eventually. We just need to. You know, we need to see if we can get there in a good way. But the answer hey, was no. Here we, we can't are. get. We can't He's... necessarily get there in a good way, but we can panic book to it. So <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it does feel like we're just like we did Wardlow. We gave him his title reign, and it was three days. So wink. We actually won it on Hobbs. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Um, 
it does again i i feel we, like this we can do as much as we for... want to adjust to justify like to be like oh this was from in the plan it, he may have been in plans back when he said that to Rich, right this but is yeah it should have been executed on not when he was in the bay area it should have been executed on when he was the hottest i that's just my opinion but you know and this is when powerhouse Hobbs is the hottest it, it just happened to work out for that now i do think uh, and and I don't know again if it's a hundred percent fact, but I I feel pretty comfortable saying that when Smojo won this title at Full Gear, they knew Hobbs was winning it here, and I feel like they had a good plan with Darby winning it. Now I don't know if they plan on Wardlow re-winning it or if they plan on Hobbs winning it at Revolution. Again, that to me that's where it gets a little weird. I guess we'll yeah, find that's out. Why I you say, know, like, when, like, they, they didn't clearly have a defined plan for Hobbs to win this in the Bay Area, unless they didn't have a defined plan on who he was going to win it off of in the Bay Area. In which case, someone probably should have been. There may have, there could have been two champions in that time. Like, say maybe Wardlow held the title for a while, and then lost it, and then somebody else won it and then held it for a while, which is essentially what happened. But it just Joe was hardly ever on TV with the title, so it felt like I don't know. Yeah, it felt like the classic thing of they just wanted Wardlow as a two-time champ, and we're going to move on for you know. And, and obviously, Wardlow, we've been talking about for months. There that. hasn't been a defined plan with the TNT Championship. I think all three of these guys, Joe Wardlow and uh, Hobbs, they wanted as to potentially win this championship, and Darby even too. Maybe they wanted to sneak in there with another champion at some point. Like, but like they're just they didn't know what to do with it for some reason, and for some reason the All Atlantic. I guess we'll have to start calling it the All International Championship, right? Is that what it's called, or the AEW International Championship? Just international, yep. Ugh, that's gonna be weird to get used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if I don't know, whatever, we'll we'll spend more time on on specifically this, the stuff relating yep, exactly. to exactly. And and getting into the match, I thought it was a fine match. It's not like it to me. It wasn't like super memorable, other than the fact of how they started it, and I thought the finish was really fun. And it made sense. There's going to be people dogging it because there's there's a, a group of people that really don't think QT Marshall's all that good. But again, I count it too. I don't think they've actually watched too much of him. And every time he does something, everyone's always like, "Oh, you know it's what?" It's funny how most of for the QT AW Marshall critics, that was actually good. It's weird how most of the really vocal AEW critics or people that are critical of AEW that are allegedly fans, you know, like they'll voice their opinion in such a weirdly like wrong way that you can tell they don't they don't actually watch like it's i I can't imagine you watching like even 10 episodes of dark from like a year ago not even a year ago like six months ago even and seeing how frequently people are working with qt on dark despite having plenty of workable talent in the back they choose to work with qt sometimes if that doesn't tell you everything you wrestle qt in chicago I mean, I, for I, God's I sake, believe he it, did wrestle. The guy QT. knows how to get booed. I believe he did wrestle. Like QT he he at knows one point. How, what he's doing. Yeah, and I believe it was in Chicago. Like he knows what he's doing. There's a reason everyone you know feels that way about him. So, okay, let's get into our final ever AW All Atlantic Championship match. Oof. So or, we have or, or our first I mean technically you could look at this as our first AEW international championship match. I mean didn't announce it until after, which was a little weird. Okay, let's talk about that first, actually, because we're not gonna probably spend much time on that segment because he just popped in for a second to be like, yo, the international championship. Like, how do we feel about that before we talk about the match? Yeah. Yeah, so um I think all the all Atlantic title was ruthlessly criticized for being a horrible championship name. 
And I, I, it was one of those things. It's the name of a belt. It doesn't define the belt. So for me, I mean, look, I think the TNT and TBS title names are kind of, kind of dumb, but I get why they do it. I thought the all Atlantic title. Yeah. It was pretty dumb. And they had the Japanese flag on it. It It's like, yeah, maybe that's not the Atlantic ocean, but I got used to it. And it's a title Uh, to me that if the title, you know, goes with it truly uh, is it's truly the the intercontinental championship now essentially which is fine aw needs one of those anyway but like it's essentially what it is now you know yep and and so they're doing a promotion with shazam and they're leveling up the title to be called the international title because they've defended it on you know so many different places shout out uh pack for also really helping with that he he defended that thing in the uk and, and i believe ireland right so he knocked off two big ones for them and so yeah, it's it's got a new name. I, hey, you know what? Orange Cassidy is 150 plus day t- championship reign. It just gets a little note now that hey, it was renamed. It's weird. My God, now, I hope it doesn't you can't say you can't say uh, it like properly. Like he's not like like you could say Roman Reigns is champion of the WWE or champion of the universe, right? You could say that. You can't say someone's champion of the international. Yeah. That's weird, you know. And maybe they should workshop the name. Yeah, the AW bit. International Championship. Yeah, and look, here, here's the thing: it's I don't think it's a great name, but like United States Intercontinental. I think it technically is a level up name. The champion from the of television, Atlanta. champion of a pure wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these other titles and names make sense as championship names. Yeah, because you're champion of a region. That's fair. Maybe we should make it like the world boxing where it's just like, it's the heavyweight <laughs> championship. You know what I mean? Like, but if, if you're, if you're asking, no matter who's heavyweight like championship, better, is, it's just the world heavyweight do. championship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the all Atlantic title was a mouthful. This is much, it flows much better. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, do you think they rebrand the, the champion again? The championship belt changes to accompany the new name. Or yeah, it already it did. It just oh. the top, the top just changed from all Atlantic to international. It's the oh, exact okay. same. Thing. I mean, like, okay, hmm, yeah, yeah okay. no different looking. It doesn't look any different. Most people in in probably like six months. Now, should they it should they name. do what the New Japan did and take the history of this championship and disconnect it from the All Atlantic <laughs> Championship? <laughs> Luckily, our our guy Tony Khan is a smart man, and he already, you know, Pollock already is the first ever international champion. So luckily, GGs, GGs. we don't have to worry about that. It's already in the record books. Um, but yeah, no. But what uh, if there were no record books? <laughs> but again, it, it goes to AW partnering with Warner Brothers, kind of doing this big thing again for the title. And I'm sure we'll see more about this next week. So I like how they were like, AW, God, please make somebody watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, they're putting their big cameos in the fucking uh, previews now. I mean... They really want people to watch that movie, I guess. But, I mean, eh, GG's. Orange Cassidy defeats Jay Lethal to retain the title. This is the fourth week in a oh. row where Cassidy match opens Dynamite. Hell yeah. And I expect we'll get the same next week. We should. And I gotta say, I think he fucking crushed it again. Bro. The, the pace was a little slower at the beginning, but I think that was intentional. And when it picked up, it picked up in an unbelievable and beautiful fashion. Because Orange Cassidy gets wrestling. Jay Lethal yes. gets wrestling. And yes. these guys know how to sell a match. And they know how to make you entertained. While also doing some ridiculous shit that they both like to do. Yep. Um, I'll just kind of get towards the end here. So Lethal countered an orange punch into a cutter. 
yeah. for a really close for like one of the closest near falls of the entire match. Yeah. A thrust kick to the knee of Cassidy led to lethal trying the lethal injection. His injured shoulder from earlier in the match had him collapse again. That's selling. That's that wrestling Dude, knowledge okay. of selling the injury. I just gotta pause you. I know you're at the end, but like that was something that was yeah. throughout the whole match. They both had like a, a game plan, and I'll just say like Lethal was setting up for the figure four by attacking the legs, which ended up playing into the actual post match, which is great. Um, but also, which could play into the match next week potentially. Um, but um, spoilers. But anyway, um, uh, but he was that was Cassidy's goal. He kept attacking the arm. He was trying to make the lethal injection impossible to hit. Which I'm like, how has this guy been hitting this move on people for years and nobody has thought to do this the entire time? I'm like, what? it's it blows my mind that the Shield Orange Cassidy thinks of this well, guy. That's like is a basic so wrestling smart. thing. He was just the smart enough to know. Yeah, this we should do this. We should have like a tactical battle because he's got it. Because we didn't yeah. mention Slapnut Express was banned from ringside. You know, so yep. Just like just like MJF targeting Danielson's knee all night on the in the Iron Man match. These guys just get it. It's little things like that that go back to the core of wrestling. And basically, yeah, his injured shoulder in the match, he collapsed. Cassidy capitalized, hit an orange punch, retained the title. Post-match, Lethal tried to attack him with the Golden Globe, was held off by the ref. Jarrett snuck up from behind him, hit the damn <laughs> stroke on Cassidy, broke his guitar over the knee. Uh, best friends made the save. Jared Bild appeared to be potentially, you know, our next contender for the title, which we end up finding out later. It will be Jeff Jarrett and Orange Cassidy next week in Winnipeg. And the bury the old championship name the match. New, <laughs> yep, the new Literally. international championship. And it's okay, going to be I gotta ask probably you with seriously. a bunch of Shazam footage. Do you think Jeff Jarrett wins the championship? I do. I, I, really? I think Jeff Jarrett wins this. Yeah, okay. it seems like I, you know uh, what they keep, people keep I, I saying just, he's going to have to win one at some point, right? right. I he mean, is, like, and you know what? I think Orange Cassidy is going to win it back in like three weeks, but I think it's going to get some real big heat here. I, I mean, let's be real. I mean, we can be dicks about it if we want, but Jeff Jarrett is fucking wrestling royalty. Having his name associated with that championship is going to be huge for it later down the line. Yeah, it'll, you know, we'll be looking on the, the lineage of the title. It'll be Pac, Orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett. We're like, what the fuck? And then it's going to be Orange Cassidy again. We're like, oh, that makes sense. No, I, I they did this with Darby. They did this, you know, not that long back with, uh, who was it? Sammy and Scorpio. They don't mind doing this. Again, I would, I personally would like to see Orange Cassidy's title reign continue with this long length. But he's already held it for much longer than Pac. He's had an insane title reign. And... It's not going to hurt to give this thing to Jeff Jarrett for a couple weeks. People will chirp about it, but I think we both at this point agree that Jeff Jarrett does more good than harm than he does to the, to the AW brand. I, I was very negative In a way about that Jeff he's Jarrett never been able to do while he was in charge of TNA or not in charge of TNA, which is insane. Or I guess impact now. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and, and I did not think I would feel like this, but here we are. And I, I could see it. They're going to have a fun match. And then Orange Cassidy's going to get pissed off, and they're going to have a rematch. He's going to win it back, and it's going to be fucking great. It'll be a fun little three-week storyline, literally. That's that's just my guess. Or or he'll retain, and this title reign continues. But, yeah, any other thoughts you had on this one before we uh, we'll jump into some news? Where we'll, we'll also talk about some ROH in the news. Yeah, just basically, say that earlier. just basically the same thing you said. I hope Orange Cassidy wins, but I, you know, if Jeff Jarrett does win, it would make a lot of sense to me. As soon as I saw the match announced, I was like, yeah, Jeff Jarrett's probably winning. Same. 
and it wasn't like a negative feeling no though. i was just like yeah that makes sense given how things have gone and how like if you go back to early in this this title reign he had done some stuff with them briefly you know what i mean and they realized that best friends versus um i mean they don't have an actual name they do have an actual name triple j right that's their name right um um or yeah, is that what it, we it, call them i don't yeah, know Yeah, they were just calling themselves jeff jarrett and jay lethal uh, we call them the Slap Nut Express. That's what I call them because that's the greatest. Because yeah. that, that should be their faction name, obviously. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, just yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, continuing. Yeah. So now we'll uh, we'll jump into some news now, huh? And you know, it's bad, including some ROH bad, bad, bad. Yeah, and then we'll jump into Elevation, bide? Dark, Dynamite, and Rampage. Which, Rampage, honestly, baby. the rest of the matches we probably won't spend. Uh, Rampage is literally going to be five it's, minutes. Like, it's you're going to be yeah, like shocked. Yeah, we won't spend too much time on. But, yeah, so, okay. That being said, let's jump into the news. Jump and into the news. let's kick it off hot with something that came out a couple hours ago. Oh, AW shit. AW and Warner Brothers Discovery are finalizing a deal for a third weekly wrestling show. It would oh, be an hour-long shit. show on Saturdays. And yeah, this this Tony Khan had well, well, said previously okay. there's more demand for AW programming on TV, and Andrew Zarian appears to try and get the first on this note, and he's saying, yeah, they want to add a third show, they want it to be on Saturday. There was some rumors. Uh, I can't find it in this article. But there were some rumors about a name of a title. It's I think it was called Collision. And nah, everyone's gotta, like, it's gotta be better than that. Everyone's like, where did AEW, why did AEW file that trademark? Well, if, what if, if we get AEW Saturday night collision, maybe that ends up making sense where Dude, it's another... How are we going to do our podcast on Saturdays? We have to cover collision also. <laughs> I know, right? Hey man, that gives us a great excuse to do it on Sundays. <laughs> right. And when we literally but, can't uh, watch it, it's probably going to be on yeah. like 10 o'clock. Do we not have a time frame? Uh, but again, for- It'd probably be like 7 o'clock on Saturdays. God, this, what a brutal time Here's slot. the thing. Here's the thing about this. <laughs> this would be horrible during football season. Oh, Christ. Like, horrible. But if we're just doing this over the summer, honestly, it's probably a Are great idea. Are there Saturday idea. games now or something? Uh, just college football. Oh, well. 7 p.m. is when usually college, college football, football kicks season. off all the big ones. So 7 or 8. And yeah, so... Uh, if we get AW Saturday Night Collision, you know what? Fucking cool. And, you know, hey, man, uh, it felt like a few weeks ago. <laughs> it, it, we're learning more about AW and Warner Brothers' relationship, I feel like, every week. Well, I, that's that what week, I kept saying. The sky was falling. Because like, I, 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 dude, I, and I don't want to, because I can't have possibly taken credit for it because there's no way anyone, we don't have the reach, right? But it's weird how, like, not long after I had that, like, Two episodes in a row where I talked about AEW in a sort of a sky is falling ish way. I mean, you were here, you remember, you know. And oh yeah, and then the literally the week after that, everyone was because the dynamite was pretty mid. Everyone's like, the sky is falling. And so I pulled back on that on our podcast. Like I was like, even though I was feeling that at the time, like not that kind of energy, but like what I was feeling on those podcast episodes, you can go back and listen to. Um, like I I know I was like, okay, I don't want to be contributing to this like narrative because it's not accurate. I was just saying that. It's weird to assume that based on the information that Tony Khan has allowed us to have, you know, that yep. 
we know enough to say that they're going to get a big up. Like what was it Thurston said? You know what I mean? Like we don't know that. We don't know that they're going to get a big downgrade either. We don't know that they're not. I, I was under the impression that they were just going to get renewed and it was just going to be another the same deal, which would suck because you want to go up, obviously. But like I thought that was best case scenario because then you don't have to like. Then you have then you can work on actually growing the brand over the next few years, which you've been just trying to stay afloat for the last for the first contract, right? Like first television contract, right? So like, I you know like I feel like, but I don't know. If the sky isn't falling anyway. It doesn't matter, you know. Like exactly. So okay, let's uh, skip that. So Taya Valkyrie, she's kind of been in the news a little bit this week. Some people thought when Jade made an open challenge, I believe, on either Dynamite or Rampage, she was kind of saying, like, hey, give me Canada's best. Canada. And a. the same week, we get Taya Valkyrie pretty much saying her next destination is going to be either AW or WWE. So it's uh, weird how people say that now. Like, you have to say both because you don't want to upset people by being like, yeah, I'm going to this place. You probably, I mean, can they? That'd be weird to, but it's weird that everybody's saying that now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and they used now, to not announce it at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because now Vince, now with no Vince there, it's like WWE. They, look, it's but is Vince Dragon actually there? Like, do we know Fredericks. that Vince is back in creative? Like, do we know that? That do we? I don't I think don't. so. No, I, I think. Look, I, I think Triple H takes after him in certain things, like Omos and fucking you know Brock Lesnar, the big GG. What a match! But yeah, so. Uh, you know, is she going to show up in AW? Is she going to show up in WWE? Look, her husband has shown up in AW. Johnny Elite. We've seen him before. Does she show up here for a little bit? You know, do, do a few matches. Matches, Jesus. Matches, matches and dip out. And, or, uh, you know, or is she going back to WWE where she was kind of getting a good little run and then got cut out of nowhere, which was pretty freaking random. It's not as yeah. random as cutting your champion, but. That's true. You know. Which happened twice last year. Mandy Rose and Zachary Wentz. Yeah. But the, the Mandy Rose one is still like so stupid to me. She hasn't shown up anywhere since. So maybe she's done with wrestling. I hope not. I think honestly like the reaction people had. Because there was a lot of people that had such a fucked reaction to that. That like felt like WWE were justified or something like that. Like even people that were supportive of Mandy Rose were saying like, oh boy, they're a company though. And it's like... That still isn't right. You know what I mean? Like, eh, anyway. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, Taya, she might show up if she does. Cool. I've, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, you know, I've been the biggest fan of her work ever. I thought she was good. And I know she's really had some great stuff in Mexico. So, you know what we need? We need more women that can actually actually wrestle on Dynamite. You know what I mean? Like, in, in Rampage. Because, like, that, there's, like, so many women on the roster that either aren't at the stage like sky blue that they clearly want her to be at to before they give her that big push. You know what I mean? Like, even though like, yeah. we would agree that she's probably there, but like, they just don't see it yet. We need more bulk. Cause I feel like we, there's like five women in the AW women's division. I feel like, you know, like, yeah, we, we need Layla and we need Chris Statlander to get back to like, we really need Statlander back. I, I, I'm Marina Shafir to... is like an ornament in a lot of matches. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're not even, it, yeah. She's just kind of there. So, Okay, AW is working on signing the elite to long-term contracts. This shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. Obviously, they really want to lock them down. 
Matt and Nick Jackson both have family ties within the company. Like, and Brandy Cutler works for the company. They're best friends. So Kenny is a little more of a wild card, but I think, I think at the end of the day, we're going to see Kenny I mean, back. We're going to well, see all Kenny these guys. Kenny would re-signed. wrestle who Roman. And that's like, who else is like Rollins? Okay. Because AJ Styles, maybe, but they did, to... did he, did he wrestle AJ Styles in Japan? Like, uh, I don't know if he wrestled him. I know he kicked him out of the Bullet Club, but mm, I mean, yeah, that would be so. I mean, yeah, I guess that would be one of the biggest matches of all time, huh? Him versus it, AJ finally paying it off. Oof. It could be, but I think the reality is Ballard they don't want to go there. The and, fun. They don't want to go there and shave each other's backs. You know, shout out the revival. That's. <laughs> I mean, they. You don't know what they do in their personal time. You don't know <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, again. Wait EVPs. till we get the BTE shaving back segment. That's when they want to lock them in. You know, by the speaking of podcasts, when we were at the beginning, the FTR with Dax show was pretty good. I've been here's my problem with it is I, I, I tune into it, but then like I need to be in a wrestling mood to be like wanting to tune into it because I tend to tune into the video version of it because I like to see Dash. I like to see Dax's facial reactions to like the questions because he's a very, you know. He's got that Southern guy, but he's actually a super intelligent guy. You know what I mean? Like, um, if you listen to him speak about shit, like, he's actually pretty smart. Like, he would not give himself that credit probably, or maybe he would. But, like, you know, like, I, he's a lot smarter of a guy than people give him credit for. So, definitely. Yeah, he's a really, really good guy. Um, He's not just a meathead who likes to slap the meat. As we like to do uh, after the pay-per-views, the we have the... Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer gives his uh, ratings, which, again, have been the ra- the ratings that kind of everyone looks to since the 80s. And it's just kind of the way it's always been. It's just one guy's opinion. Yep. If, you like, Some... if you're like me and you like All Japan, he's your guy. He rated all the All Japan matches five stars for years, and nobody else could even touch them. I think they had, like, 25, and everyone else had, like, two in, like, 10 years or something like that, you know? like Yeah, and and he, he, watches, he watched it all, so... <laughs> He's got the history, to say the least. So here we go. Real quick, I'm going to fire sail through them all. Starks and Jericho, four stars. Jack Perry and Christian Cage, four stars. Hustle Black versus the Elite, 4.75. Hater, Soraya, Ruby Soho, three. Adam Page versus John Moxley, five. Holy oh. shit, I cannot believe that got five. Well, it's uh, Hangman Page. He's got a, he's his favorite, so. You know. <laughs> exactly. Wardlow versus Joe, 2.25, which makes sense. I thought that was the weakest, weakest match in the show. <sighs> um, the tag 3.25, which I thought was the second weakest. And then the main event 5.75. Brian Danielson broke the fucking scale. Finally. You know, this is Brian Danielson's first five-star match. That's so cool. It's bullshit is what it is. I mean, no, he real. got one with Kenny. The the match with Kenny. I think that was four, seven, five. Eh, maybe it was. I thought it was five. Either way, it really good stuff. Um, Again, those guys deserve all their flowers. Honestly, all I've been seeing the past week is even even like Cornette saying that might be the best Iron Man match ever. Yeah, that's like, crazy. When you get Cornette saying that, you know you've done something really good. What like he fucking... knows, you know. Not that he knows better than anybody else, but he's also not going to give praise to anything he doesn't like because he doesn't feel like he needs to at this point, you know. Like the former manager of the Midnight Express, Dax Harwood's favorite tag team ever. Yes, the 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 Meat Men. Anyway, um... the Meat Men. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, again. If you only care things about I would say, rings, yeah. Um, th- was Jungle Boy versus Christian four stars? I'm not shitting on Christian. Yes, 
Was I, it, I think so. Okay. Yep. Hundred percent. Okay. I, I would enough. give that four. I might have given Jericho and you know what, for the story. I'll give that four. That's fair. Yeah, I, th- I thought it really delivered, times. especially for a casket match. Like casket those matches, matches kind of suck. Fine. They just aren't. They're just like extreme rules matches with a casket, basically. You know what I mean? Like, which is fine. You know, or I guess they're kind of like last man standing matches with a casket, but like whatever. You know, like uh, the, the other thing. The other thing I would have given. I would have given the elite more stars. That's just me. You I, think that might might have been five? I think that might have been a five star match. Maybe I'm wrong. I have that as a match of the year candidate so far. So you know, not same. like winning it, but I have it in the conversation in my head. You know what I mean? It's like that and the Iron Man match. And I, I cannot believe the death match got five. To me, that's insane. Um, yeah, I know. Death matches generally aren't well liked by anybody, for that matter. You know, <laughs> so like not even by the wrestlers that participate in them, except for like John Moxley. You know, but. I don't know. I the story for this match, I think they got there. You know what I mean? I think the story alone is his five stars. Let's be real. Like just, yeah, just such the, a fun story. This could have and paid you know off what? in like hey, a regular match, and I think they probably would have gotten like four point seven five. But the fact that it ended in a good actually you know what it is, Charlie? You know why this got five stars? Because just like Anarchy in the Arena, the feud had built up enough that this felt like the only way to settle it. Which maybe they don't they're not even done. We'll, well, I just we'll mean that's that. what it felt like. I think we all agree. Agreed. I thought that was a done. perfect way to settle it, and maybe but we're AEW still going. Seem the same. I don't think we all. Ad- I think we'd all also agree. <laughs> I'm fine with them still being, good, but they're still going because <laughs> it's good. But yeah. So Brian Cage is currently not under contract. He is working as a freelancer for AEW, and he's pretty is much he signed on to like ROH? A, He's pretty much on a freelance deal till May 31st at Supercard of Honor, where he's going to become a free agent. Oh, so, so you think Embassy dropped them? I'm guessing so, and we're kind of seeing a formation. You think it's going to be my brother, brother, brother? Uh, they haven't see? shown who they're going to face at Supercard of Honor yet on Ring of Honor Dalton TV. The boys? Could be. Please? Could be. But, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And I mean, I'm just saying know, they've got the Dalton and the boys in a match. They do. And there is a little bit of rumors that WWE is reportedly interested in talking to Brian Cage when his deal's up. And yeah, good on him if he goes and pursues that. Um, I've been a little critical of, of his work since he's kind of been, been on TV a lot lately. His stuff with Willie Mack has been phenomenal. But I thought everything else has been okay. Even his match with Jungle Boy wasn't wasn't that great. So, Yeah. What are you going to do when he debuts his bronze tag team partner called Thick Meat Locker? May us all seek help. <laughs> Commander, is, Commander has kind of been the talk of the town the past couple weeks. He's very humbled by all the interest from the major wrestling companies in America. He said, it's very humbling to hear, to know that people want to know where I'm going next. This is a huge honor to be spoken of in such a manner. I came from nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I did this because it is what I love to do. So, I hope AEW becomes like the Lucha Export Center for for Mexico, for Japan, for Mexico. They can give us the Japanese Luchadors too, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I think, um, yeah, I, th- I would love for, for AEW to become like a landing spot for a lot of these Lucha, for, for a lot of these Lucha guys, because they're good and I like that style. And yeah, I love our smorgasbord of professional wrestling, especially now that we got that hole that Dragon Lee didn't, did not sign with us. I just got to ask you because we... There's okay. We had Lucha House Party for years, right? Rey Mysterio is back after a couple of years ago now, right? 
we obviously have Dominic. We have um, Legato Del Fantasma, right? We've had those guys. We've had the Lucha adjacent style in WWE for years. But we yeah. uh, doesn't it feel weird to actually get real Lucha, like, flavored in with the wrestling now? Doesn't it feel, like, good? Because, like, you were like, oh, now I kind of get a little bit more about, like, what Lucha's about. Because, like, Excalibur explains it to you, you know? Like, getting guys like the Lucha Brothers that are just so fucking talented. Yeah, and you oh, know what? Oh, that's... you mean the next Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions? Hold on. And that's something I hope that Dragon Lee can bring to that audience. I really hope that guy has success because he is so fucking no, talented. He's, he's and landing I... in NXT immediately. Yeah, yeah. He's His first match, is. Uh, it sounds like he's even wrestling New Japan guy Carl Fredericks under his new name. So they're two recent signings going at it against each other. So cool for them. What is Fredericks' uh, new name? It's something. It's Eddie something. I actually don't know. Oh, okay. So they just went a completely different direction with it. Respect. That's yeah, sometimes the best way to different. do it. It's know? like Eddie Pinoa or something. It's like Punishment Martinez to Damian Priest. Like, you, sometimes you just got to take the leap, you know? Yeah. Or Blake Christian to Trey Baxter. My Wait, God. Wait, he was Trey. Who the fuck's going to get over with the name Trey Baxter? He was Trey, Trey Baxter. Baxter in NXT? Yes. Who's getting over with that name? No. Oh, my God. Blake Christian, you got away with fucking murder for getting out of there. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Saray is leaving WWE. She's returning to Japan. She hasn't wrestled since last August. And it sounds like she's going to be kind of making her way back into Japan. Uh, again, Saray was a Joshi wrestler who was really popular because she was really good. Went to NXT and they had no idea what to do with her. They created kind of a Sailor Moon gimmick for her. She I mean, that would, could work. I, I, people have shit on that. If people love fucking anime in the, in in eight in, in, in America, so that could have worked. You know what I mean? Like it could have worked, and but it know, didn't. It just it, it didn't. They they kind of it turned was a misfire. Into, it, it kind of ended up her turning into that you know that stereotype of the Japanese yeah, the foreigner that's going to get booed, of course. Yeah, and the the stereotype of a Japanese schoolgirl, and it just it didn't it didn't come off right. Can she we not really contribute to that stereotype in the wrestling community? Like that literally makes the <laughs> Japanese Joshi wrestlers cry when we say shit like that. Like, I'm not <laughs> right? even joking. They don't like no, being. It it's, it's a weird. It's a weird thing to associate them with. I understand why people say that, but like, it's our weird. Hey, and perception. Shawn Michaels gave that gimmick to her, so that's where we're at. Well, and... that's what I'm saying. Like, his misunderstanding of that comes from the misinformed understanding the wrestling community as a whole has. I think you know, like, which yeah, so. I'm just going to tell y'all, if you want to know what Joshi women's wrestling is like, ask Eddie Kingston, I, I, who I believe is a partaking in at least Japanese women wrestling. I don't know if he's specifically gone through Joshi. I have no idea. But he's got respect for Japanese women's wrestling. I've heard Kenny talk about it. I've heard various other wrestlers talk about it that are currently in AEW. So just go watch it. Like I haven't taken the time to do that, but I know it's more than like whatever your weird perception of it is, IWC. All right, and that's my soapbox. <laughs> yes. So she's going to be heading back to Japan May 16th at the Sri ISM event in uh, Shinjuku Face. So, yeah, she's going to be going back to her old name of Sari. It's got three E's in it. It's pretty easy to look at. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up kind of seeing her show up in stardom now or something like that. So, yeah, she's officially out of NXT. Okay. Last two little bits here before we jump into Ring of Honor. New Japan will return to California. The New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence event has been announced for, for Long Beach, California at the Walter Pyramid in May. Sunday, May 21st. So The Gunther Pyramid. Oh, wait. 
so we will most likely be covering that show because you know it's another new japan event in america so that'll be fun they teased in the little promo uh will osprey okada again so yeah i'm i'm guessing they they had that whole statement earlier in the year how they want to make these new japan in america events big and if you're gonna make it big osprey okada is a good way to fucking start (laughs) agree so some more updates in the new japan cup okay here we go sonata and tetsu naito have now advanced into the uh quarterfinals Evil and Jeff Cobb are facing to go to the quarterfinals. Mark Davis and Will Ospreay will be facing to go to the quarterfinals. Kyle Fletcher and Hiroki Goto. Aaron Hanare and Tamatanga. David Finley and Great Okan. Shota Umino and Zack Sabre Jr. So we're starting to see our sides align. Again, Naito and Sonata are the only ones to advance to the quarterfinals so far. It kind of sucks that, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Shooter's getting smoked in that match, you know? Yeah, or he's. I mean, unless the you're going to put champion. him over big first time, yep, it would be great because Zack Saber Jr. doesn't lose that much. So exactly, and he won the that new Japan be, Cup that'd be last crazy. year. I would be it was super a big down. Deal. We might have to catch that match, man. That that might be because there's also what was it Fletcher versus somebody on there as well, like that. Yeah, so tonight, so in about like six hours from now, it's Goto versus Fletcher and mm-hmm. Tamatanga versus Aaron Hanare. So oh, let's see those. Those I mean, I mean that, that that Hanare pretty match good. could be really good. Yeah, we actually. we caught one of the shows together recently. We did. We it literally watched. The, we watched uh, the one which had uh, the the Mark the Davis, Davis and Toriano. Yep, and then it was and uh, I believe it was Evil and Ren Narita. Yeah, which so. that was. Mm, the Ren evil Narita. is not my cup of tea yeah that's, that's all i'll say we were uh i'll just say this we were playing fortnite while we were watching that <laughs> so we were we were really invested no we really we paid attention mark davis looked like an absolute fiend um there was actually Former, a good match uh, on the show i can't remember what it was singles but. champion in australia and then just ended up teaming with kyle and now they're you know by the way kyle it, fletcher just in that little tag match that was also on that show that he was in he's just so goddamn good he he, he gets unbelievably it. He gets good. It. Will Osprey also unbelievably good. Also on that show again. I I think they're a top five tag team. I honestly think right if you had a if you had an Australian equivalent of Will, it might be Kyle. Like is that is that too much praise? Am I am I am I going off the rails? Hey man, where was Will at twenty three years old? Right there, so exactly in the right same now. position he so, was right now, exactly. except that he was just he was doing the crazy flippy Will style at the time and doing like levitation moves with Ricochet, like you know what I mean, like, <laughs> right? So, okay. That being said, guys, we're gonna jump into a little bit of Ring of Honor. We're not gonna spend as much time as we did last week because this Ring of Honor was kind of like what I'm predicting is going to be the traditional episode. All right, we open it up. Samoa Joe, Tony Depp, and Ring of Honor World Television. Just passed. Joe was pissed, and honestly, he beat the living hell out of Deppin. Deppin didn't really get much offense in, but he, he hung around with some. Nah, nah, he, he needed to be stepping because it was Tony Deppin. You know what? You're goddamn right he did. Uh, but pretty much Joe won this by sending him into the corner, took him down with a muscle buster for the win. Pretty quick match, but, uh, you know, it was a former television champion getting a shot at Samoa Joe, and anytime we get Samoa Joe action, I'm down. And after the match... Mark Briscoe hit the stage. Sounds like we're getting Mark Briscoe, Samoa Joe. Briscoe versus Joe, 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 Joe. Yeah. Any any uh, little thoughts you had on that match and Briscoe uh, versus Briscoe Joe? Briscoe winning. That's what I thought on that match are. Okay. Okay. I agree. I agree. We had a little Sorry, loss. Joe. Take some time off, buddy. Go be, go be a psycho clown for a bit. <laughs> 
a we had a squash match with Dalton Castle and the boys beating Cody Cross, Cody Churn, and Guillermo Rosas. Dude, the crowd um, style. I, I, I dig that. The women in the crowd were shrieking when Castle's music hit. Hey, hey you know. Can, hey, they know. Can we blame them? Can we blame them? Hey, em? can we? I I certainly can't. Damn, that man be out there. He, but yeah, he, uh, he, Dalton he, Castle, he, former Ring of Honor world champion. He's he's getting his flowers already. You yeah. got to kick off your shows by having your former champs, which they've been doing very well, pick up good victories like this. Yes. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Bring me can a boy. Can, uh, Maria Canellas Bennett introduced Mike Bennett, Matt Taven for a promo. The kingdom Dude, this talked promo themselves up actually, being champions. This is actually a good promo. Like, yeah, and they they pretty much called out Top Flight for ruining their ROH return. How dare you ruin it? Uh, La Faxiona Gobernable, Rouge and Drillistico defeated the Spanish Announce Project. And so is Drillistico Did they sign him? Um, he's he's the other brother of Rouge. I'm guessing he's he's here. Probably signed a Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When Andrade's back and healthy, I think that faction's going to go all out on AEW. Probably, but I think yeah. in the meantime they're buying. Oh, some... is Andrade hurt? Do we know that now? Yeah, he's still he's still recovering from the surgery. Oh, he had surgery. I didn't know he had. An yeah, injury. Andrade okay. is not in the shadow realm. He is. <laughs> he is so he's still. Not, uh... He's not hiding with Miro in the light realm. No, okay, gotcha, <laughs> no. Gotcha. Miro is in the shadow realm. Andrade not so much. So yeah, I think I still think that faction's going to get a full full. My my, like... my head is Miro tried to fight God and God won. <laughs> <laughs> damn it so yeah between preston vance Rouge, andrade and zarlistico feel pretty good and yeah well, we won't a spend quick much match. time on it but preston vance on fucking rampage looked like an absolute killer dude oh my god with He's that embracing, th- this guy is embracing his with the dude. masks hanging down he looks like a killer dude oh my god like an actual but murderer like that wasn't trophies. the only time uh Jalistico hit a destroyer on serpentico for the win they ripped off his mask and tore it in half. Which is kind of funny because we saw Serpentico later on in this Port show. Corkscrew Destroyer for the finish, yo? On a regular yeah. TV match? Huh? Okay, ROH. Drillistico's a fucking ROH. I see you, ROH. ROH, you are seen. Eyes emoji. Eyes emoji. So, that being said, yeah, Serpentico, this was not his only match tonight. Trishador defeated Billy Starks. I think. This is the perfect call for Ring of Honor's women division. Billy Starks, Trisha Dora, two women that everyone thinks are, are really talented, but they haven't had a shot on, you know, two of the big the, the two big shows. They haven't had a shot on WWE or AEW. So let's stick them in Ring of Honor, have them get a match against each other. Getting Trisha Dora the win here is a great idea. If Trisha Dora ends up being, you know, the beloved baby face in Ring of Honor, if it's not Yuka Sakazaki, which she might win the title, you know, who knows what, what we're doing with that still. But if Trisha Dora... You could, you could use Trish either way at that point, because if Yuka wins it, then exactly. Trish, Trish just leans into this more aggressive style and she goes heel, you know what I mean? Like, hey. Yeah, and I think she's a got fun babyface that people would like to root for, and Billy losing to her is not a tough win. She won with the Lariat Tubman. It was a beautifully hit. And yeah, any tough, other... Tough uh, stuff for Brit, Brit Billy Stark. She's just kind of losing to everybody. I'm sure they'll have something for her soon, especially maybe in Ring exactly. of Honor. I would yep. love to see her go on a streak of wins against just random women that they bring in for Ring of Honor, and some of them get signed, kind of like how they do with Dark on AEW, but like actually sign some of them because Ring of Honor obviously needs women, you know. So but yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I would be okay with that. In God damn it, I'm going to say one of my favorite backstage interviews in a long time. No, this was good. I agree. Lexi Nair is interviewing Christopher Daniels, and at first I'm like, nah, I guess we're getting our weekly Christopher Daniels segment. Yeah, here we go. Daniels was kind of talking up wanting the ROH World Tag Team titles. And I'm like, 
okay. He wanted to team with Frankie Kazarian again, but he honored his word as SCU lost the right to team up back in 2020. But that, that was, was a big storyline. though. Come on. No, no, no. But he's going to play into it because Frankie, of course, is signed to Impact Wrestling now. So oh, okay, fair he enough. can still play this up, right? He's had several partners in his career. One of them being Matt Seidel. Seidel kind of walks in, you know, says he respects him. He honors him. And when they were partners, it was like a dream come true. He accepted the offer. And Daniels told the other teams in ROH to say their prayers. Son of a bitch, Garrett, you and I have been saying for weeks. Seidel's back. People might not know this. Seidel, they I, was don't saying, watch Dark. I was on the put Seidel as like your mid-card champion in Ring of Honor hype back before Joe won the title. Like, I swear to God. Like, when the when the Ring of Honor plans were like not even a thing yet. When Honor Club wasn't even like suggested as an idea. Like, <laughs> I was saying that I thought Matt Seidel felt so perfect for the vibe that they're going for in Ring of Honor. Because you could tell the vibe they were going to be going for based on the way he was booking the pay-per-views, you know? So, like, Matt Seidel yeah. just made perfect sense to me. Especially because at the time he was attached to Top Flight. So, but just, yeah. Like, I'm, I want to see where this goes. It could be really cool. Yeah, I didn't see this team coming. And now that we have it. Fuck yeah. I think Go that's a fun it. pairing. That, dude, those could genuinely be... Those guys could win the tag team titles in this upcoming ladder. thousand percent. Like, and I would buy it. Oh, dude, Matt Seidel's Ar- going to do such cool stuff if he's in that ladder match. Oh my god, anyway. He is. Ari Davari and Slim J defeated Jake Crist and Jake Manning. And, you know, the Trustbusters music, it hits that fuck. That Trustbusters music does something to my brain. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It just does something. I don't know what it is. Um... You know, Slim gave Davari the matching t-shirt, covering up the welts from the match, you know, he probably had 45 minutes ago. And, you know, Man Scout Manny's reading his book. Davari throws that damn thing. They beat the hell out of him. Slim J locks in an SDF on Manny, scored the win. Honestly, quick, easy squash that I thought made I the Trustbusters look pretty powerful. the literally exact same words. Those are the exact words I used in my notes, quick and easy. <laughs> yeah, it was quick and easy, and it made him look good. I thought... If we're going to establish the Trustbusters and Ring of Honor as kind of a, a lethal tag team a little bit, with now Ari Davari being 2-0, and and Slim J, he he lost to Mark Briscoe, but Mark Briscoe's about to challenge for a title now, so that doesn't hurt you. After the match, Davari talked trash about Metal League. Brought the Lucha out to the ring. Trustbusters stomped on him before Blake Christian ran him with a chair. And the brilliant commentary covered, hey, these guys have been kind of having each other's backs in New Japan strong for the past year. So, of course, Blake Christian's going to help him because, Garrett, god damn it, all wrestling lore is lore. Dude, I just love the idea of them, too, as a tag team. Like, holy I do, shit. too. Like, what a great team. So, Blake Christian, Metalik, officially, again, kind of getting another tag team here. Maybe we add another one for a trio. Who knows, right? So. All right, the name of the group, Christian Metal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Christian <laughs> The name of the group, Trey Baxter. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> the name of the group, Sleeping with the Fishes. Anyway. Um... ROH, Pure Championship. Wheeler Yuta defeats <laughs> Timothy Thatcher. And This was a fun match. Yep, this was a quality pure title match. Uh, I, I liked uh, BJ Whitmer, Colt Cabana, and Christopher Daniels being the judges. Yep. They've seen Colt there. Boom, boom, um, Colt Cabana. He's technically a Ring I of Honor Thatcher... guy. I remember they brought him out at Ring of Honor, so he's technically a Ring of Honor guy. I thought Thatcher looked good. I thought Yuta looked good. They they did their whole things with the ropes. You know, eventually Thatcher kind of dropped. I hope we get Cole Cabana in this Ring of Honor. Let me just say that really quickly. That would be great. I think we will. I think we will. Anyway, Thatcher ended up ahead. dropping Yuta with another with an uppercut, sending him to the floor. 
He shoved the ref out of the way, allowing you to hit an illegal close fist to Thatcher in the ropes, tied Thatcher in the ropes to the Cobra twist, and secured the tap out. Yeah, it was a, a well-wrestled match. That's all, all you can say. It was, exactly. It wasn't it was quite pure... what I thought it would be. But Wheeler needs, I think, a few more years to mature to that level of pure ability that, like, Danielson and I can I really Zach think Saber the pure have. title can sometimes limit some people. I think my new dream match is Thatch versus Zack Sabre Jr., though. Like, that match will burn all the barns. That could be pretty good. But after the match, we see in, we're seeing some more of that dark side of Wheeler Yuta. You know, he's... Called out the tracksuit-wearing L.A. Dojo boys for thinking that they've accomplished something. Clark Connors made his way to the ring. We recently covered that Clark Connors is going to be in Ring of Honor. Yep. And I thought he was really good. So is that going to count as his excursion, maybe, then? Or something? It might technically. I mean, he's technically wrestling in America. I don't know how that's going to work. Do do, do, do strong guys have to go on excursions? I don't even know. Like, You know, who knows? Maybe when they graduate, because now we're him... He's showing they up in Ring of Honor. Japan. That's their Fredericks, <laughs> Yeah, Fredericks is showing up in NXT. I believe another one's in Japan now. So they're all going everywhere. I so. love, dude, if Japan and Japan, Japan promotions in general start doing this thing where they essentially act like feeders for like a year. Like DDT's doing it right now too, like with, with obviously with Kanosuke. Like, and they just allow these people to go out and get known, which then inevitably brings more eyes to their promotions because they came from there, you know, like. Oh I, God, yeah. I hope that's how that turns out because I could, I could use a, an injection of Japanese strong style here and there. You know, that'd be great. Yeah, he said all three of Yuta's BCC teammates wished that they trained under Katsuyori Shibata before making a challenge for the pure title next week. Yuta blew him off and left, but turned around on the ramp and told him that the match was on. Yeah, let's say the Blackpool Combat Club that was almost their new thing, and then Wheeler said, "Nah, that's lame." <laughs> He said, uh, yeah, so Claudio so, can do that. I ain't doing that too. So this is, um, we're two weeks in now and we're see we've seen a few references to new Japan strong. Yeah. Again, Eddie Kingston wrestled new Japan strong, Clark Connors, Wheeler Yuta, Blake Christian, metal league. There's a lot of guys on here that wrestled new Japan strong Aussie open who were the next match. were just recently champions there. Hell yeah. I am glad to know that a lot of the work that a lot of those guys did there. No one really saw it. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch the New Japan Strong weekly shows. A lot of people didn't. They were taped, and it's. I'm glad to know that this, all the work that those guys did, it even if it's in Ring of Honor or if it's in the new New Japan Strong, where you know, like Fred, you know, like we just had that world title match that was really good between Kenta, and it's like. I'm glad to know that their work didn't go unlost because all wrestling lore is lore in AEW and Ring of Honor. Son of a bitch. Ring of Khan. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be setting up something special for Yuta because now Wheeler he's called. Now, yeah. Do you think he's going to wrestle so, Shibata? I think that would be huge. Oh. Aussie Open. In, son of a bitch, what a fun match. Aussie Open. Defeated Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams. Hot sauce, Tracy Williams. Give this damn man his respect. That guy looks so much like Zach Gibson. And he's in a tag team with a long-haired guy. Like... <laughs> Rhett Titus does look like your average NFL, like, like it, this lineman. The team kind of looks like if you're... I mean, not what they look like now. Whatever right. the fuck they're doing it with the schism in NXT. But when they were the uh, young grizzled vets... Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus kind of look like Zach Gibson and James Drake. But, and I like that tag team. Now the schism's a little weird, but 
That's okay. They're still extremely talented, guys. This match was fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what the fuck? A couple of large gentlemen from Australia. I forget how big Kyle Fletcher is sometimes until you put him against other normally sized people, you know? like yeah. Mark Davis is a legit heavyweight, too. Yes, but they're both big men. Like Fletcher may do the flippy, but he's also like a regular. He's like, if you put him next to Seth Rollins, he would look normal. And you'd be like, oh, we know Seth's actually kind of a big dude. Uh, Like, you know, like, anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, Mark Davis is billed as 6'4", 240. I believe it. Yeah, I believe that. That makes sense. And I mean the fucking towards the finish here. I I, I I'm not gonna be able to help myself, but go a little bit beat for beat here. Go go for it. It was crazy um, at the end. So we'll we'll start it off here where Fletcher kind of fights off a pile driver attempt, mm-hmm. sending Williams to the apron. Williams then sends Fletcher to the floor, missed the running knee. Davis and Fletcher pick up Titus and Williams, ran them into the back of each other. They get back into the ring. Aussie Open hit the dental plan and the assisted cutter on Williams for a near fall. Aussie Open then go on to hit some dual forearms. Williams fought off the dental plan and hit the La Mystica on Davis before locking in an armbar. Titus caught Fletcher in a submission as well, but both men caught the ropes. Titus and Williams then honestly ran wild on Fletcher, scoring a near fall with just so much offense. Uh, They isolated Fletcher, hitting a diving knee and a top rope splash back-to-back for a near fall. Fletcher then catches Williams with a spinning tombstone before Davis took out Titus with a a pull-up pile driver. And then a pair of lariats set Aussie open to hit the, I believe it's the Coriolis for the yes, win. Yes, that like spinny, flippy back move that where they like get where they that murder fucking you. closing sequence was awesome. That's what I like about Aussie Open so much. Like you can put them against literally any team, and they're gonna have a banger, like four stars at least. You know what I mean? Like, and they kind of did that thing, not to the extent they did at Royal Quest, but when they were both in in you know stages where they might tap out. We saw Fletcher kind of grab Davis's hand and be like, "Dude, no, you can't do it." No infamous slapping to prevent the. It was so good. Oh, it's it was such so a funny. great moment. If you still haven't I'm seen, I'm gonna that watch match. that match again. We man. should. We should. We should plan out a time. If and you guys watch don't it. know what we're talking about, FTR versus Aussie Open New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest for the IWGP Tag Team Champions Championships was so fucking good. <laughs> was that actually? I did. Hear me out. Was that the last successful title defense that FTR had? It might have been. It could have been. It might have been. Because they weren't really booked for a while. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Ugh. Just so, a random match on, on Ring of Honor that turned out to be great. But if it had Aussie Open in it, it was, good. It was always going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Aussie Open picking up the win. So do you think we see more of Aussie Open or do you think the little, so. uh, little American excursion is kind of done for right now? I think, I think, I think they said they're, they're going back to Japan for now. But I mean, I, with how much success they've had both times they've recently been from Japan... I would be shocked to not see them at Forbidden Door. I wouldn't be surprised if, like last year, and like the weeks up, you know, up leading to, and a couple weeks after, we get Aussie Open. You know what I mean? Like, I would yeah. love, love, love to get House of Black versus United Empire if they're still champions by the time that rolls around. You know, like, oh my god, yes, just on a random episode of Dynamite, throw it out there. <laughs> they're basically so, the same team if you think about it. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, Eddie it. Kings. Eddie Kingston comes out. He gets a, he gets a squash match here against uh, someone that looks awfully familiar, and he's got a interesting name, Bendejo. Bendejo. <laughs> oh, that's because it's Serpentico. <laughs> <laughs> so Kingston hit his uh, machine gun chops, a Saito suplex, and a back fist to win. <laughs> so they'll do the now... fucking fake luchador gimmick on Ring of Honor, but they won't do it with Serpentico like nine different ways on Dark. I mean, how do we know they haven't? But they should. That'd yeah, be awesome. They did. John Cruz. 
Wait, that was really? him. That was yeah. him. Wait, I gotta go back and look. John what it Cruz like. is Serpentico. Shit, man. So, this guy's good. And now he had the name Pendejo, which translates, I believe, to stupid. Something so. like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he takes the mic, calls out Claudio, takes it to um, him to give him a shot. Claudio said that a man without honor would never be the Ring of Honor world title, world, world champion. And then This motherfucker cheated! No, anyway. Kingston followed him to the back, got no answer. You know, he's pissed off at him. And, you know, they get a little cool little spot for Lexi. So, okay. The main event of Ring of Honor! Holy shit, what a fun match. Athena defeats Willow Nightingale to retain. I thought this was a really fun main event. Yep. Athena is establishing herself as such a great champion, and this title reigns really good. The level of intensity and viciousness she brings to her matches are seriously top of the fucking line. Willow, being the, the lovable babyface she is, she had the crowd behind her from the beginning. She hung with Athena every step of the way. There were some great spots by the stairs. And I'm going to say it. This is my favorite match on Ring of Honor so far. Okay. We're, two, we're two weeks in. Okay. I, I thought mean, this match was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Claudio versus uh, AR didn't quite hit like I thought it would, you know? Like, so I, I get you on that, you know? Um, yep, agree. Good match, but... And I, I thought that tag match at the begin- at, uh, between Aussie Open was going to be the match of the night for me on Ring of Honor. Yeah, but... And then Willow we got this main Willow event. and Athena wanted to tear the house down, so Yeah, that was, no, and they know. fucking... And they did. Um, so, just, any other thoughts you had on yeah. this before we uh, jump to Elevation? You know what this reminded me of, man? This reminded me of those random banger NXT division, NXT women's division matches you would get on random episodes of NXT on the network. Um, yeah, you know, like I can't think of one right now. Like EO versus somebody, you know what I mean? Like or go back, uh, like a you know, a like year the random two. Ember Moon yep. versus Oscar matches that would happen on random episodes when neither of them were champion, and for whatever reason they just throw them against each other because they were like, well, yeah, like Japanese phenomenon. Really, really good. Someone that would always stick out to me was Peyton Royce, and when she would she get would those kind of matches, she would always have those weird spot matches like that, where she would have a really good match, and then she'd go back to what she does normally when they're tag matches, and it'd be like, okay, that's, I, I see you, Peyton. You know, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it's weird to think that her and Billy are both not wrestling anymore. What a weird world we live in. But, um, at least I believe so, right? Yeah, as far as I know. But anyway, um, so yeah, yeah Peyton it reminded just had me of that. Had the kid. Um, I love the little spots with the steps. I don't know if that's something she just straight up jacked from being in NXT that they came up with, but if it is, good on her because that's just I, I like those spots with the ring steps. Nobody really does that, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, they do them, but they do them in a way that like I just don't believe ever. This one actually kind of looks like it hurts, you know what I mean? But I guess that's just Athena for you. Um, the power bomb into the apron and then like into a Death Valley driver—that's pretty crazy. Athena losing her shit, saying "You're not shit, Willow," was great um it was really hard he really really hard hitting we cannot say yeah. words today can we um and there was a little swell Thena moment where where she lifted up willow that was pretty cool um and she kicked out of the bay with power bomb was that move buried now charlie uh, no <laughs> <laughs> not great stuff though but yeah so that's kind of it for ring of honor and that's it for our news that we had this week and yes we're an hour and 14 minutes into this podcast really and we have not even started dark yet yikes it's okay we've been a little off the rails and it's just one of those shows bro it's just it's just it's just the way it is so that being said he cuts out the the 10 minutes at the beginning that i rambled no Roll it again. Roll it it into aw dark elevation 105 what have we here 
Yeah, it's AW Dark Elevation 105 is what we have here. Lando, Mr. Calrissian. Um, <laughs> we had Nyla and Marina versus Sandra Moon and J-Rod. Uh, not much here. Uh, not sure when these two are going to do anything. Uh, DDT for the win. Good, they hit a DDT. It was a, they did the DDT, and it's, she's not at least she's not killing anybody with it anymore. Anyway, um, Brian Cage, who soon will probably not be under a well, he's not under AEW contract right now. He's a freelancer. Yep, freelancer. Um, Mr. Freelance took on Rob McKnight. Uh, not much here either. I, I don't really care about Brian Cage. I put that in my notes. That's how you know I'm really not feeling him lately. Um, I'm usually not that mean, but sorry. Uh, go be a, go be a WWE not champion all right um because they, they you know them he's not big enough but anyway um we had titus alexander taking on juice robinson um rock hard have rock hard beard that was something that was said on commentary his beard is rock hard um juice kind of lacks direction right now is literally what i put in my notes which is why it's so great that when we get the dynamite <laughs> yep not lacking direction anymore that's all i'm gonna say fuck no um yep. and uh yeah but he you know he chopped the pieces yeah titus looked good here they let him cook a little bit uh not, you know and uh are they calling are they calling that little move the juice is loose is that what i caught here it sounds like it hey i'm down juice is fucking loose let's go uh, Layla Gray and Sky Blue had another match on Dark. I feel like this is the 97th time we've had this match, but it's fine. Um, Sky always looks good no matter who she's facing, though. It doesn't matter. She won with a super kick. Uh, Layla looks better. I had to put that in my notes. Uh, contractually obligated. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Cole Carter took on Christopher Daniels. Um, I still think Daniels' age is starting to show a little bit. That's just me. Rough music for Cole Carter here. Tough. Um, Very rough. And gear. We didn't like anything about this presentation here. Um, and the crowd was kind of dead for him for it. So, And he lost to the Angels Wings. So he's super dead. Uh, we had a Ring of Honor Women's World Championship title proving ground match, which is going to be their version of the of the Eliminator, I believe, uh, which uh, was Athena versus Brooke Havoc, who was trained by QT and Cody. So there's a little interesting tidbit of trivia for you there. Uh, there was a boss man slam from hell in this match that was awesome. Um, crossface got locked in. Bell shots after the bell. Classic Athena. Um, when Athena finally gets beat, it's gonna feel so much like it's gonna feel huge. Like you know, like I think Athena's my favorite week to week wrestler right now because we see her every. Nah, week. man, Orange Cassidy's so good, man. I don't know, like, and it's just I am just. So but Athena's really good everything. too, so I can't complain. Like the turnaround from just her character is so fun. Yeah. Uh, we had Lance Archer taking on a, a, a Jabberino. Um, he mega chopped him. And then uh, they suggested the idea of him tagging up with Juice on commentary. I was like, hmm. Or was that you that suggested that to me? You know, I think you might have said that. The point is, that was put in my notes. That would be cool. That's who we were talking at the beginning of the show. Remember, I couldn't think of the name? Yeah, Lance Archer and Juice. That'd be a hell of a tag team. Well, Juice is doing something much See, better. I'm now. glad that I because we watched this again, I believe, again together this week, I believe. Um, yep. So we've been watching it. Uh, we've been, when we can, we've been getting together to watch Elevation. Because, um, you know, it's good to get a second to second thought sometimes. You know, sometimes I wouldn't write anything for something, and sometimes I do. And in the main event of the evening, we had Lee Johnson, Big Shotty, taking on Evil Uno. Um, Uno's like more aggressively, you know. Or sorry, sorry. Let me get 
more aggressively attacking. I believe I'm just intending that to go toward Uno because I believe Uno was the one that ended up winning this. I believe I didn't have it uh, in my notes, but uh, I'm assuming because it was a pile driver that that was Uno, but I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. Uno was in this match, so and who cares? Because this match means nothing anyway. Like, let's be real. Um, but I don't want to shit on Lee Johnson, but this was he was stuck in this spot because they needed someone for Uno to beat, basically, or for Uno to be in a match. Which, with. yeah, which is kind of unfortunate but you know i think now's a good time um, so cole was with him but he wasn't with cole which i thought was weird um cole was in his jacket too weird fancy little jacket i'm not saying the thing that i normally would say which is that this was like filmed out of order or from different shows i don't actually think that was the case i think cole had the no, same year cole on. was selling the the loss oh right? yeah even there yeah he was still selling his injury from previous yeah so i think they just didn't have him there for some reason maybe lee was doing something else i don't know but and lee was on the graphic for the cole carter match but he wasn't there weird so, i don't know maybe he was just in the bathroom or something who fucking knows but uh, yeah, i'm gonna kayfabe but he was he was with his uh fiance i was taking so. a shit anyway um no, that too <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, I picked up the win with a pile driver. There was a senton off the top that he hit. Uh, Lee is just the guy who loses now. I said that to you while we were watching this, and it sucks, but I think it's true. He's just the guy that loses to people now, which I guess you got to have one. And with that, that takes us to AEW Dark 186. Yeah, and and real quick, kind of before we jump into Dark, it's kind of, you know, Lee Johnson still taking main the time eventing. To do this? Okay. Okay. Lee Johnson main eventing, taking a loss. QT Marshall has now showed up. Nothing, no gear with the factory. We kind of, there was rumblings last week from QT himself that the factory's done. Yeah. And then there was a special episode of Dark from the day of, of the pay-per-view that we're, you know, usually with those, we don't bother covering it. But Aaron Solo was on that show. New music, no mention of the factory. So everyone's gone their own way. The six guys. I mean, I think that's Lee Johnson, for everybody. Cole Carter, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, QT Marshall, and Anthony Agogo. They're all kind of now cut loose. Factory's broken up. QTV, now we know where he's going. He's with Hobbs. I'm guessing Lee and Cole Carter possibly remain a tag team together. Again, I think you need to put those guys with Arn Anderson and Brock. They've already kind of done Brock with Lee before. You need to lump Cole in with them. If Brock, or if Arn Anderson's kind of coaching up these three young guys, and you potentially add in Pillman, I mean, look. That's four young guys that I think everyone kind of wants to see succeed. So maybe you do a little something with those guys on dark solo. I think's completely solo. <laughs> yeah. Any probably. idea what they do with Nick Camarado? I mean, he's, he having... he's just another big man. I mean, they could find a spot for him. Fuck it. Go lean into the big, sexy Nick Camarado thing. You do it. I think that was great. I think if he came out and tried to act like he was get... the sexiest thing on the block, and he's not a terrible looking dude. That's why I started saying that shit. He's actually, for a big dude with a giant fucking head, he's actually a pretty good looking dude. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, man. And he had that chest hair that, oh, yeah. No, no, guy, I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's not, good. like, as gruff looking as, like, guys that size usually are that wrestle his style. Like, he's, you know, like, uh, so, uh, fuck it. He went from looking like a caveman to an absolute stuff. Yeah, all he did was comb his fucking hair, and he suddenly looked like a fucking goddamn... <laughs> Isn't like, that, oh, that jacket? The velvet jacket? Yeah, that's true. When he started coming out <laughs> with the big sexy undergear and stuff, that was good. I don't but, think it was I big mean, sexy, but like, you know... I, I don't know where Nick's gonna go, but I gotta tell guy. you, I think I think Anthony Gogo. I, I, I know where he should go. Anthony I just Agogo figured it should... out. If they lean into that gimmick, you know where he should go? Join the where? fucking wingmen and get them on TV. God damn it. No, you cannot put more people in the wingman. Yes, no. you can, and you should. No. No, no, no. 
No, they should keep Nick with QT. The and big wing. I, the big wing. God damn it. But hear me out. Anthony Agogo? Why not toss him with the Mogul Affiliates? Who is you going to buy more as a badass than the former boxing champion, Anthony Agogo? I mean, Swerve likes to make money, too. Boxing champions make money. That's all I'm saying. Right? So, toss him in there. Again, I'm pretty... I don't know. I really thought the factory was finding their groove in the late months last year. Especially with their feud with the LA Dojo was fun. I thought what QT did with Action Andretti really put him on the map. And as we talked about last week, Jericho thought the same. But, yeah, our six guys are going their own ways. I, I would like to, in like three months, maybe we'll catch up and see where they're all at. Hopefully we're talking about how Lee Johnson and Cole Carter are making their waves as everyone's favorite tag team. Yeah, I don't, I mean, or, I, or how, you know, Aaron Solo is the newest member of the Dark Order and the Dark Order finally found their, I would actually their, not hate that for him. I think he I, would, I wouldn't either. I think he'd fit in over there. I mean, he's friends with people in the group, I think. So, you know, if he's not, yeah. he could be, you know. So, yeah, we got a lot to do with those guys. I hope it all works out, but the factory is officially broken up. That being said, I had AW Dark episode. You might say the factory has been closed down. God damn it. No. Yeah. Why? The factory was shut down. <sighs> We're just marinating in that for a second. We have to just just hold this in. Yep. Hello, no, no. What have we here? No, no. That was a good one. It was great. Sky Blue defeats Milo to open us up. Quick match. Sky Blue picking up a victory before a match on Dynamite. Brian Cage defeated Bad Dude Tito, who I believe we was on New Japan Strong as well. So some more New Japan Strong coverage. Lance Archer defeated uh, the poor guys of Cody Chun and Guillermo. No, no, no. I have to get this in there. Thickly muscled men. (laughs) Yes. Thickly muscled men in a handicap match. He tossed Chun out of the ring and pinned Rosas after destroying him with a short arm lariat. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshi defeated Jack. Wait, Hartwell was this and... thickly muscled men? The episode. Hold on. Okay, we got Zoe Dubois versus Willow later. No, Willow's kind of thickly muscled too. Hold on. Hold on. Thickly muscled <laughs> men and women. Is that what this episode of Dark was? Okay, Aaron Fox and Ryan Nemeth. Okay, okay. Maybe it was, but Takeshi defeated one of my guys, Jack Cartwheel. Um, I remember during the pandemic, I watched a Jack Cartwheel versus Titus Alexander match in front of like ten people. And I thought both of them were fucking awesome. He made awesome. it on the fucking Rampage this week. And I've kind of been watching both of their careers a little bit by side by side. I, Jack Cartwheel is a fantastic gymnast, and he gets his shit in in this match. By the way, someone should sign him in Starboy Charlie as a tag team. Because that name, Jack Cartwheel and Starboy Charlie, that's a great fucking tag name. You don't even have to give him a name. Just call them that. Very, very happy about Starboy Charlie being featured as well. And you know what? Jack Cartwheel... This motherfucker took his moment and he ran with it just like I I knew he would. The minute I saw Takeshita was facing him, I knew they would let him get his shit in. And he fucking did. And he looked good. He also took the Blue Thunder Powerbomb like an absolute animal. Uh, the running knee strike for the victory for Takeshita. Takeshita getting his, getting his mojo back with wins. Big Bill defeated Julius Coleman really quick. Choke slam victory. He literally Little chucked Nighting. him out of the ring. It literally. Willow Nightingale defeated Zoe Dubois. Really, uh, another really quick one with the Dr. Bomb. Athena tried to attack Willow with the Ring of Honor title belt. Instead, she ducked out of the way and sent Athena running back. This was uh, setting up uh, Thursday's Ring Athena of Honor Athena just match. leveled the jobber for no reason. <laughs> I love heel Athena. And Aaron Fox defeated Ryan Nemeth in the main event. Main event, cream boy, Ryan Nemeth. 
Uh, yeah, wait, 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 four fifty splash. <laughs> cream boy, dude. Him and Judas were the cream boys, oh, otherwise known uh, as. Uh, but Judas got a new gimmick, the Luchasaurus. This is new. Gimmick. Oh my god! They should run that back as the Cream Boys and just have him not have the mask on and just and everyone knows no, no idea what's going on. Like, is that Luchasaurus? Nah, I can't tell. <laughs> can't fucking tell. He does. Does he look like a dinosaur? No. So. Throwing us back into AEW Dynamite now, we have Ricky Sarks making his way out to the ring. There was a little Powerhouse Hobbs promo talking about the pre- upcoming night, but it was pretty easy. Just pretty much saying he's become a champ tonight. Ricky Sarks makes his way out to a strong ovation, as he should. Before he could say what's next for him, he's pretty much saying, I don't know who's next, I don't know what's next, and I don't know where's next. Bullet Club. Foot, 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 four. The Bullet Club music got a big pop in 2023, as it fucking should. Starks gets attacked from behind, who dropped by Juice Robinson, who dropped him with the left hand of God to DDT to stand tall. And son of a bitch, Ricky Starks sold that thing like a son of a gun, I tell you. This is going to be a fun feud. I actually, honestly, I'm going to say something you might not agree with. I could see Juice getting his first big win in this feud. That would be pretty crazy. I think he should. I think this this should be a fun feud that extends to multiple oh, matches. I hope we and, get a fun Ricky Starks feud where we know he's probably going to lose, and we're still hoping that maybe he wins somehow. But like we're we're because that would make wrestling so great to know that we can have a guy like Juice step in, and he needs he needs a win right now. Let's be real, he needs a win. He needs a story. Ricky can be the guy. Juice to give needs that a to story. Him. Juice, when we've been talking about for weeks, we're like we like what Juice is doing. We just don't know why he's signed yet. He had the match with Darby, but that's been about it. Juice is, as Kevin Owens said, Kevin Owens believes Juice Robinson is the best promo in wrestling today. Wow, that's high praise coming from him. That's high fucking praise. And you know what? Ricky Starks is a when pretty is goddamn good promo, out, too. I don't know. Like... And Ricky Starks is a really good promo, too. These guys are going to go back and forth on the mic, lighting each other up. They're going to sell this field like 100 bucks. And I'm telling you right now, I this is not something I had on my note card. That we could see. Yeah, this wasn't on my wrestling 2023 bingo card, but I'm happy we're getting it, you know? 100%. I am so excited for these two. I genuinely am. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. We now know Ricky Starks is going to be featured a lot this year. I I feel very confident in that because jumping right into this, who, I don't know, the sky's the limit, right? I I don't want to gush about it too much just in case it fucking sucks, but... The sky's the limit, and yeah, I, I had to get that Kevin Owens thing in there because I heard that a few a while back, and I was like, man, if Kevin Owens is saying you're the best promo in wrestling today, uh, he's he knows a thing. He's not going to so. just say that if it's not true either. Like he doesn't. Why would he throw that out there for Ju- like he's not going to get Juice signed by saying that? You know what I mean? Like, but this has also kind of sparked <clears throat> Bullet Club in America. Is I, I, I starting to feel like they're going to push this more and more. Bullet Club is letting its name work in Impact Wrestling as they were crowned this week. And congrats to my guy, Chris Bay. Uh, Chris Bay and Ace Austin, Bullet Club, were tag cha- were crowned tag champs this week in Impact Wrestling. Big fan of Chris Bay. Chris Bay, I think he's fantastic. And Ace Austin's good, too. He's been on that and Chris now, Bay train since he was still in New Japan. And now we have Bullet Club being used here with Juice Robinson. A bullet club spreading its way through America now, and I love the idea that he's going to embrace Bullet Club with this. Now, I do think there were some people that thought this could have been Jay White, definitely could have been, but 
I'm very, very happy it's Juice Robinson because I, I, if it was Jay White, that would actually be like we know for sure Ricky was losing at that point. I'd be like, ah, is this really the direction we want to go with? But uh, whatever, Ricky can take a loss. Whereas with this one, I can see them having the first match. Juice gets the win, you know, and then you kind of build up more to your babyface getting the big rebound win. Well, it's like so, when Adam Cole came in. Like, I didn't want Adam Cole to beat whoever it was he was facing because I also really liked them. But I was like, but he needs to win his first feud, probably. You know, like exactly. Yeah. So it go that way. So, Tony Schiavone's backstage. With Wardlow was asking where his head's at and what happened to his car and his belongings. Wardlow said thanks to some friends, FTR, for some clothes. Challenges Hobbs to a false count anywhere match. Anything goes. Match for the TNT title main event. Renee Paquette introduced Ruby Soho to the ring. She walked out with Tony Storm and Soraya. But told him to stay in the back. Soho was booed loudly. Told Paquette the fans created this monster. When she wrestled Britt Baker in her first match, the fans were thrilled she lost. When she wrestled Chris Statlander in the Owen Cup in the Owen Hart tournament, she was booed out of the building. Cut to revolution. Jamie Hayter pinned her, and she realized no one will ever come to her defense. Tony Storm and Soraya weren't appreciated when they came to AEW by the neck-bearded mouth-breather fans. The broken foundation of AEW is the entitled little shits rookies who think they deserve the world. Soho demanded her opponent, another homegrown talent, to come to the ring. Sky Blue came, and uh, Sky Blue looked fired up. She she was all business. She kind of sold it that. I was like, damn, she's she not happy with what's going on, as she should be. Uh, she sold that to me. So, yeah, uh, Soho cut a pretty good you people promo, so, which okay, honestly but do you, doesn't so often work in wrestling. Question, you're, you're concerned with this whole storyline, was that they were going to villainize the company? She kind of did here. How is that sitting with you? Um, well, it's in terms of villainizing the fans. I don't, I don't mind that. I I think I know what you mean. You got to play it off. Right. And this was a, you people promo, which as in wrestling, you know, it can be pretty fucking bad. We've, we've, we've seen the gender you people people. promo. That was, they they were really bad. And I thought she did pretty good here. And you know, Hey, it, we got their group named the outcasts. I think it's going to work. I, I, the way that they're forming this of homegrown versus outcasts. I think it is going to work. And yeah. So Soho and sky blue match. This is pretty quick. Yep. Soho picked up the victory here. She, uh, avoided the code blue, pulled the, the hair into the destination unknown to get the victory. Post match to Ray and Tony storm hit the ring. They all spray painted blue before Willow ran to the ring which I loved because Willow and, and Ruby just went to fucking battle with each other, you know, as tag members in that awesome little program against Ty and Anna. And she tried to talk some sense into Ruby. She kicked from behind. She was attacked from behind by Storm and Soraya. No future was connected by So, and they sprained playing it both Blue and Nightingale. Now you could quickly think, oh, are these just going to become two of the homegrowns? I'm, I don't think so. If we're going 5v5, I don't think these two are going to be added to that team. I could be wrong. However, I do think the one on Rampage is going to be added, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. Any, this uh, do anything for you, this promo when uh, yeah, I thought the, the match... promo was good. Uh, the match was, like you said, super short. Uh, yeah. You know, good opportunity for Sky to show what she can do a little bit. Um, she, she sparingly gets these opportunities, so I think she kind of does try and kill it when she can, you know? Um, I think she did here as well. Um I thought the spray paint gimmick was going to get old over time, but even like through Rampage, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's it'll last. I don't think they should do it forever, though. I think they should stop doing that eventually. Like, it's just going to get boring, you know? Like, 
when it's the same thing every match. Like, I don't know. I just, I, it works for now, but I don't know if I would. Yeah, exactly. It works for now, but we need to, you know, we need to be careful with this because it can get old and bad fast. Some people are already done with it. I mean, that's one Some thing I'll give credit like to Jericho. Spray when something with the JS isn't working, he cuts it like pretty quickly, you know, like. And I'm hoping there's people, you know, that are keeping a really close eye on this and being like, okay, let's figure Kenny, out. we're talking to you. This is your we, division. We need the heels. We need the heels to get there, you know, get the rub now. The heels need to be looking badass and unstoppable now. Yes. We don't want to suffocate that too fast, but we also don't want to like, you know, run the same thing into a wall. Although I think it's working now, but let's, uh, if they fucking, if the baby faces get Jade on their side, I'm telling you, this changes everything. But we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um. Okay. Paquette's backstage with Hangman. Wow, he's fucking got that black eye, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Asking how he's doing. Paige says he's physically he's been better, but Sunday he'll let his heart blacken because he had to. If you want to push him, he'll take you to hell and ride back out. God damn it, he's such a good baby face. Paquette asks me if this means him and Moxie are finally done. He apologizes for what she had to witness, but not to blame him. He said after this past Sunday, he's finished with Moxley. Paige is finished with him. For now. Good guy Paige is done with him. For now. But I don't think Moxley was done with him. Because maybe he feels a little hurt by him. He got his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, Video of MJF following his title defense at Revolution is shown. He tells the people who thought Brian Danison was on his level to get their brains checked. He has a horn coming out of his forehead as his back is no longer against the wall. Daddy is single in San Francisco. March 15th is his birthday. So he's going to stroll into Winnipeg and have a party. His reign of terror has just begun. And we know now he's going to get a rebar mitzvah. My God, what's going to happen in that? Um, I mean, it's an MJF segment, so it'll probably be good. It's going to be off the walls. I mean, you think, I mean, that'll probably be where we get his next contender, right? They'll ruin it. Yeah, they could. Or, I, or I Danielson actually, does it. When MGF has this stuff, I feel a different way compared to anyone else because I'm like, what the hell is this guy going to do now? I mean, seriously, you know, he's going to do something. This is the insane. man that brought Nick fucking Gage out. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this guy's so good. Tony Schiavone introduces FTR to the ring to a standing ovation from the crowd. Cash said it's great to be back. Last few months were really rough, talking about losing their titles, but ultimately losing a close close friend in the late Jay Briscoe. He brings up the guns, called them the future of this division, but are entitled assholes. He's going to teach them everything Daddy Ass should have. Harwood says he loves the fans and the industry so much. As they become AEW Tag Team Champions, they have to do it for the fans, the Briscoes, and themselves. Guns are done. D-O-N-E done. They're done. They're done. I don't. I think they lose the titles long before Double or Nothing. And again, the guns didn't fucking show up. Does AEW even believe in them? Probably not. Uh, I mean, maybe this it's was the plan all along. Maybe they abruptly took the titles off of Acclaimed because they knew they needed to put them back on FTR. They were going to lose them. It's possible. It is possible. Um, yeah, we had a lot of promos here, so I'm just kind of firing through. Uh, Paquette with Jade and Layla backstage. Cargo said she. She doesn't feel challenged. She's 53-0, and so next week in Canada, she challenges the best Canada has to offer to step oh, up. Oh, yeah. I didn't even catch it. There's like four promos in a row. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're bouncing backstage, in-ring, backstage, different <clears throat> different people here, there, there. Uh, uh, fucking pre-taped video. <laughs> best uh, Canada has to offer. Um, I know everyone thinks it could be Taya. I'm just going to say it right now. I think it's the bunny. 
if she's good to go. I mean, that could be what it is that they're trying to sign Taya right now. They're trying to finalize the deal, right? But if they don't get it, it'll just be someone like Bunny. Bunny. And I will or... say this: if it is Taya, she would be a great outcast. Yeah, because she's had so much success in Mexico. She's had. She was in WWE. She she didn't really have success there. But I mean, to be fair, neither did Tony. Neither did Tony Storm. Let's be real, like, <sighs> which is mind blown. Yeah, she got she got pot cake faced, right? Uh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, all? that happened. Jeez. So yeah, yeah. Uh, could be Taya. Could be the bunny. I'm rooting for the bunny. I think it'd be fun. Who? And she'll get a she'll get a big reaction. Uh, who, who? Who? The bunny? Who? What are, what are the OG bits? <laughs> uh, uh, Jericho appreciation decided to defeat a top flight. Take it away here. Would you a top flight and AR Fox? What'd you think of this match in the uh, our little post match angle we had? Uh, we had the. We'll jump into that. Yeah. The Fox looked good early in this match. We had the leather pants army and the JAS. Um, you know they're all wearing those those Garcia leather pants. I guess are just fashionable now. Um, got to establish some trios. Um, Fox had a really good hot tag. The implosion sent on might be like my favorite move ever. That thing is just nuts. Um, the cheap so bastards. Uh, light the beam. <laughs> That's it. Light the beam. Oh, and then uh, I guess the House of Black, whatever, they happened. They existed. Yeah, right, and that was pretty good. And the Elite, so, so okay, yeah, so uh, do you want me to go through the whole thing? I mean, okay, so fine, fine, fine. So they cut a promo, they did the Light the Beam gimmick, you know, gotta get your get your Angelo Parker fucking memes in there. I respect it. Um, uh, but, okay, so they called out House of Black, so we won a shot of the trio titles. The Elite came out, which was a good little misdirection. And then House of Black came out. So now we're getting a triple threat trios match, which sounds insane on paper, just saying it out loud. Uh, yes. And this is important because we had talked about last week, you know, Kenny and Jericho. They're both the guys from Winnipeg. They represent Winnipeg in every way. Oh, my God. They're in the same company. And oh, my God, they're going to Winnipeg. Son of a bitch, you got to put them in the ring against each other. Yeah. I thought they might I mean, do I a singles match. I said they should match. have a singles match. That's what I thought, but... Yeah, I thought they But the that last they time we got Jericho and him singles was like 2017, so that should be a big moment. Like, Yeah, they could have done it for the IWGP United States title. You could have done a lot of things, but you know what? Let's do it for the trios title. It's going to be big. It's their first triple, like, trios title match. Mm-hmm. So they're going to set they're gonna set the bar here. I think this is going to be the main event. I think the match is going to be fucking insane, and we're going to walk out of it like everyone's going to be super excited, and it's going to be a big deal. So, yeah. Um, moving on from that, yep. Tony Khan is backstage. He announces that Orange Cassidy has asked for an all-Atlantic title match against Jeff Jarrett next week. Khan has granted them that match. It's a milestone match for AEW as being in partnership with Warner Bros. And the newest Shazam movie being released, the all-Atlantic title, is now leveling up. To the AW International Championship. We then get a trailer for the new Shazam movie, which is also mixed with clips of Jarrett and Cassidy, um, which is like really cool for us because we love like comic book movies and shit like that. So yep. kind of to see it mixed in with that. And I really love the first Shazam, honestly. So I thought that was neat. Agreed. We we spent some time on that earlier. Again, new title name. It's they're not it erasing the history, I guess. And yeah. They, I guess, in a way, they deleted their mistake of putting the Japanese flag on the All Atlantic title, which was always kind of a little goofy, but eh, was what it was. Eh. 
but now it's the international title. It's going to, it's, you know, again, the name of a title does not matter. I, I, yeah. We I mean, it, it kind of matters sometimes, but I mean, we, we discussed why it's going to be silly to refer to, but it'll be fine. Brian Daniels in post Iron Man match is shown. This was like really quick and kind of almost like throwaway promo the way it was treated because commentary didn't acknowledge this either. Commentary is really bad about that. I don't know if they just can't Brian see Danielson, that shit, but like they should be uh, reacting uh, to it more. And Brian Danielson, first instinct when he woke up un- unconscious was he needed to fight. Though he realized he couldn't feel his arm and it dawned on him what Max said. He wouldn't be able to play with his kids. He tapped and it made him more ashamed than anything else. This is the Brian Danielson, it's time to go home promo, I think. And it was beautiful, but heartbreaking. Brian Danielson is fed up with the shit, man. I think he's just taking some time off. Let's be real. He's not done yet. How could you have that match and be like, yeah, I'm done. I mean, I could understand well, yeah, how you He's taking could. some time off, definitely. But, in, you know, in, in, in the show, in wrestling. Yeah, I'm like, this is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was good he stuff. would be ashamed of losing to MJF. He would be. Everything that, that he sense. said over the last like six weeks or whatever has been wrong. You know, MJF proved him wrong. I mean, he cheated, but he did still lose. You know, he didn't beat him and, in sixty minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what a beautiful promo. One of my favorite promos of the year. Uh, it's not my favorite, but you know what? As of right now, it's it's top two and probably number two. So really good stuff. John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli with Willie Yuta. Defeated Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Big ball versus small ball. Uh, the match itself was pretty solid. This solidified the Blackpool Combat Club are heel terms. They, they, they are heels. They've been healing it up a lot, but this is, you know, on AEW television. Now it is official. John Moxley is a heel. And, you know, they start laying waste to them after the match. Hangman's music hits. He pretty much we get he he hits the ring to check on his friends. Moxley steps back. I'm like, okay, so we are gonna go go a pretty cool language. You're just gonna respect him. He's like, you know, you fucking beat me. You're you're the only motherfucker to beat him like multiple times. But he gets attacked from behind by the combat club, and then Moxley joins in. Moxley hates him. He's probably. I'm imagining the Moxley character now was like ashamed as well. Plus he's a little embarrassed and now he just hates this guy even more. If you think about this from since he joined the combat club, he's kind of been like when he was leaning into that promo, he was sort of leaning heel when he was going against Brian and he was sort of leaning into that old school, John Moxley on the indie scene back in the day where he talked about being dirty and grimy, like kind of like how he referenced in the promos leading up to this storyline. Right. Yeah, um, that that sort of the guy you don't want to walk into an alley with thing. He was leaning into that all the way back when he was just fighting Brian. You know what I mean? So if you think about that and the continuation and how they've not been able to be beaten by very many people, except for like MJF and people on that caliber have been the people to beat them. MJF, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia. These are the guys these guys have lost to. You know what I mean? Top tier professional. Absolutely. Wrestlers. So. They're on top of the world. Mox's ego would have been super inflated. So, yeah, he's not just ashamed. He's pissed after that loss to Hangman. Sorry, I tried to, I tried to wax Phil. No, no, absolutely. For a second, you know. No, no. John Moxley's storytelling has been consistent and, and linear for months now, and it's insane. Like, I don't even know it's how you do so, that. It's so, 
it's so much fun and it's it's one of my favorite AEW stories that we're currently running with um i did not think i thought moxley and hangman would be 100% done after a death match but that doesn't mean the blackpool combat club and the dark order can't be done i do think i'm done with moxley and page solo matches for now we did just have four right four correct four yeah four sounds right because uh, i thought it was three but i think no they the had the third match was the third match was four. the big blow off on tv and that was the yeah, one that ended okay. in a roll up and and uh, i believe hangman won three to one it, I, i'd have to double check that but so, i think yeah, hangman that sounds right to times. me that sounds mm, so why did they have the match so they must have been tied up maybe this was match five well you know what we can just assume it was match three four or five that's what we can assume it was one of yeah. those three Either way, I think there as a singles is done. But you know what? If you guys want to play off Dark Order versus Blackpool Combat Club um, into Canada or for a couple more weeks, I'm fine with that to establish them as heels even more because I like the Dark Order. And I like the Blackpool Combat Club. Why not work them together? Fuck it. And we'll talk about it more. But after Rampage, we got word of uh, we got another Dark Order member stepping in for the match. So... Okay, stew, stew, to, finish, stew, stew. to finish us off on Dynamite, Renee Paquette asked the acclaiming daddy, asked what's next? Bowen said the tag team titles are next, which brought in Menard and Parker, who said they love rap music. Said the acclaimed are sports entertainers at heart, offering them a spot with the JAS. But the acclaimed laughed in their face, saying they're on TV more than Menard and Parker, and walked off. Damn. Cold. Just real, really that's cold. That's cold. That's fucked up. Okay. Right away, AW Rampage, Sammy Guevara, Action Entretti. This is a rematch from the previous month. Um, Entretti lost that encounter after some, you know, BS from Guevara and Daniel Garcia. But Garcia was not at ringside for this encounter. Uh, right away, the floor went to the fight. Uh, the fight went to the floor pretty easily. They exchanged some chops. Guevara threw Entretti into the ring barricades. I thought Jericho did a great job here saying, yeah, these new barricades, they fucking hurt. So he's really putting that over, like, these are not the old AEW barricades. When you get thrown into them, it's like getting thrown into a wall. Little things like that. I like when commentary can add stuff like that. Andretti ended up getting the upper hand. Guevara was, you know, begging him off. Andretti caught him with a pescado through the ropes. Back into the ring, Andretti hits a really clean shotgun dropkick, split-legged moonsault for a near fall. Close on Guevara onto the floor. Follow him out with a springboard. Guevara countered with a knee strike. That was a really clean uh, connection there with the knee strike to the floor. Both guys were out on the floor, and we hit the split-screen ad break. You know, five minutes. That's that's a quick five-minute uh, pace there, which I'm only going to say this once. I watched uh, NXT this week, actually. I caught the main event. Garrett, I'm not kidding you. I, I forgot wrestling still does this. The main event starts. It's a championship match between Roxanne Perez and uh, Mako Setamura. And we'll be right they, back with this episode they, of NXT. They ring the bell. And they fucking go to commercial. I, I forgot wrestling does that. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I'm so used to what we have now and what we cover weekly. Because, you know, I don't, I can't catch everything, you know, everywhere because we cover AEW. Bro, weekly, it, but... think about Ring of Honor. We get no cuts to commercials on Ring of Honor. That's so beautiful. It's insane. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And uh, yeah, so just little things like that. I, I, I had to throw that out there because I, I thought of that when, when I was watching Rampage. I'm like, you know, that's how you do it. You let us get five fucking minutes of really action packed action. Um, you know what, Freddie Prince Jr., if you have any balls, instead of trying to, if you want, if you truly <laughs> want 
the true wrestling experience sell your promotion to a streaming service as a streaming property and then see if you can work out a way to make that financially viable for them and then then you have no commercials and you could just have four hours of just wrestle fucking carrying cross versus bray wyatt 45 times over and over 45 minutes of bray wyatt versus (laughs) carrying cross we ended up getting uh andretti hits Guevara with an arabian press on the floor this is a chant for andretti he hits a springboard 450 splash for a near fall of course the 450 splash is more effective because of momentum andretti caught Guevara with a spanish fly for another near fall Andretti went for a standing uh, shooting star press. Guevara got his knees up. Guevara hit a DDT. Andretti rolled to the floor before Guevara could get the cover. On the floor, Guevara set up Andretti on the timekeeper's table. Andretti popped up, caught Guevara with a super kick, put him on the table, came off the top. He goes all the way to the top, hits a splash on Guevara through the table, which uh, really pumped the crowd up even more. Crowd was pretty into this match. And as they should, I mean, these are two young guys that I think they they were not they were trying to go out there and have the match of the night on rampage. I think they got the green light to do so. Or a question: and If you hit if you hit a six thirty senton and then hit a four fifty, is that a ten eighty? It could be. I mean, uh, I'm sure when out. Vi- I'm sure when Vikingo you know makes his way over here and hit and it hits that six thirty senton through a fucking table, people are gonna lose their mind. It's gonna be awesome. Um, but no, Andretti rolls him back into the ring. He's he's selling the knee because you know the knee's been getting fucked up. Ref tended to Guevara. Andretti went to the top. Danny Garcia runs in. Shoves shoves Andretti off the top. Guevara hit the GTH and got the pinfall. I I gotta tell you, I wasn't feeling Guevara winning this match, but then it clicked why he was, which we'll talk about literally two seconds. The crowd was really into this match. I personally thought this was better than their encounter a few weeks ago. Some people didn't. And uh, some of the talk online is people were saying that they maybe they didn't think as such. I thought it looked really good. This is the kind of shit I want on Rampage. I want these guys to go out there and have Rampage, a baby. fun match. Um, what do you think of this one? And then we'll uh, – I got a theory I'm going to drop on you in a second. Uh, I think actually Andretti could have used more mom spaghetti. Oh, okay. Is that it? That's it. That's the only thoughts. <laughs> okay, okay. So, okay. Very important note here. Sammy Guevara picks up the win. We then get a Darby Allen video package where he's saying he'll make his intentions clear on Dynamite next week. Then we get a Jungle Boy Jack Perry video package where he says he's done with Christian and every man with a championship belt around their waist should better watch out. Now, why is this important? Sammy Guevara just picked up a win. Darby Allen's making his intentions clear. And Jack Perry's going after a title. Well, in the media scrum, MJF specifically called out the four AEW pillars and he mocked them out. He mocked them in Darby, Guevara, and Jungle Boy. Garrett, I- I'm going to toss a theory at you. I think at Double or Nothing, they're setting up a four-way of the four pillars for the AEW World Championship. I've got an even crazier idea that just came into my head. But and I ahead. think it's going to be Guevara, MJF, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, four-way main event match for the AEW World Championship and what a fucking fun show that could be. Nah. But what are your what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that would be crazy. That would be awesome. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. I will tell you this, though. You know what just popped into my head? All right. What's that? Darby Allen has talked about him and Sting not being together forever recently. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, we've We know Jungle Boy wants to do some singles stuff, right? We know he wants to be his own person. That's been his whole thing, right? 
Yep. And we know Sammy Guevara really doesn't do anything in the JAS. Let's be honest. He gets in matches, but he's kind of, you could swap him out for Hager a lot of times. You know what I mean? Like at least with what the functionality was in the JAS is Sammy has his own uses, but like, he's very much, I was honestly surprised to see him in the trio or not to see him be the, the, the with, with Hager. I was surprised to see Garcia and him as the trio. Like I'm happy with it because of the two best wrestlers in the group, obviously, but like, you know, um so hear me out the four pillars they've been connected for a while now since mjf cut that promo you know what i mean um absolutely so that being said still one of the best promos that we got that year by the way in 2021 it's fucking great just randomly on an episode of dynamite yeah these are the four pillars he came out right after his prime and filming dude i think cut that promo you know um i'm just saying what if what if mjf gets called out by all three of these guys individually right and then the the rug that is pulled out from under everyone's eyes is that they're not actually trying to go after mjf they're all three trying to join mjf in a faction where the four pillars of AEW become the foundation i mean that it could be interesting because let me talk about why i think that would be relevant because mjf referred to them as the bedrock of the aew's youth basically right they're the young guys they're going to carry the company if you want to the only word you can use he didn't use this because i think it was too cliched and too much like loaded but i think he was essentially saying this is the foundation of aew right here you know like yeah so i'm just saying and that's a great name for a faction i don't care what anybody tells me you know yeah, I believe the tag team of of Gresham and Lethal was the foundation, but they probably still nah, do something him. along fuck those him. lines. He's gone. But no, I mean, I bury him, I, bury I, him I to hell. Think, Make sure Gresham never comes back. I do think for sure they're they're. I think there's a really good chance they're setting up something for the four pillars. I do honestly. So, I, I, when, that sounds when crazy, I but that, like them as a group would be like fucking electric. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it could be great. I just don't. I know you're gonna be I like, well, I'm, I don't want to see all of them in that. Well, why not? I mean, we were fucking okay for I, the first. I'm done with seeing MJF in groups. That's that's just what it is. <sighs> I think MJF. And he's is also too. done with it. Yeah, he's done with it. So I think I think they want the world champion to be on his own. I mean, like I just and, like him having people that can be on representatives of him because it feels like when he's not there, he's just not existent, which is what it felt like with Thunder Rosa. You know, like <sighs> yeah, there's multiple ways they could do this. And when I realized what was happening here. All of a sudden, Sammy Guevara getting the win made a lot of sense. I mean, a four pillars. I, I, do we really? I mean, do, do we? Does anyone really think anyone else is winning that match? Let's be honest. Like, I don't think it's even about that. I think it's about them establishing them as main event stars. Aren't, isn't this what we're trying to do? Book angles of people like you could see, like you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and look. There, there's a chance that that's not even what they're even going to think about doing. However, for if that is the route, what a fucking... If that's the route Jack Perry's going, which, honestly, after his match of beating a Hall of Famer Christian, that would make sense. Darby Allen's run would make sense. Sammy, Sammy's going to be the one you're going to have to kind of build up a little more because Sammy hasn't had like a great what, what run What could recently. Sammy do? Because he did have a TNT title run a while back, but it wasn't great. What could he do... That would put him in that conversation. I don't even know. You can't have them really win the trios. I don't want the House of Black to lose them that quickly. That'd be weird, you know? Yeah, Sammy's going to be the one that's going to be a little bit of a hard sell. But 
Uh, the others, it really makes sense, but maybe Sammy just you could argue that being in the JAS itself is a big thing that the rest of them aren't yeah. doing. So I don't know. Sammy has been featured very frequently ever since AEW's inception, so they they'll they could figure something out if that is the plan. Again, that would be monumental if they did that over Hangman Page, which I think is the clear uh, competitor at Double or Nothing. But my God, I'll tell you what, if they booked the fucking double or nothing four-way fatal four-way pillars match, son of a bitch, that would add his balls of steel. And I am down because my God, what the hell is Darby Allen going to do in that match? Die. <laughs> uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall cut a promo. Hobbs championship belt is on his shoulder. So he's safe from Jungle Boy. <laughs> Jungle Boy's not going after Hobbs. He doesn't got balls like that. Nah, he yeah, ain't got yeah, the nah, stones nah, nah, for that nah, one. Nah, 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 nah. No, 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 no. That's the big me. <laughs> he ain't got the stones for that. Um, the first episode of QTV will be on Dynamite next week. I hope it's good. That's all we can say, right? I mean, I hope right. QTV is, is a success and it stands out from other, you know, shows like that in the past. The Acclaim defeat Jack Cartwheel and Starboy Charlie. Shout out Starboy Charlie finally getting his uh, AW debut here. Like the crowd for been, him. The sign's been in the crowd for like literally six, eight months. Like it's been nuts. <laughs> And, yeah, he, he was wearing some overalls. He got his ass beat. Uh, the arrival and the mic drop. Menard and Parker came out with the JAS shirt. The Acclaim aren't interested. They, if they're not going to be in the tag team title picture, it sounds like they're probably going to be against the uh, Parker and Menard, which, I mean, won't fall from grace, but at least they're going to be featured on TV still. I mean, yeah. Which is something we were, were a little worried about. But I think the Acclaim I mean, They haven't have lost any steam, of, which is good. The crowd's still with them. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. So, Maybe that's yeah, why they, they think claimed... we can put them against Menard and them because it doesn't matter. They're going to get cheered anyway. Yeah, and then we'll recycle back against FTR when they're champions, and we'll do something with that. Okay, uh, in the pre-taped interview, Jericho promised to win the World Series titles in Winnipeg by the spirit of Bob Holiday and Roddy Piper. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Kanosuke Takeshita taking on and defeating Preston Pero Vance. Peligroso, Preston Vance, the mask collector dude i gotta say his entrance walking down to the ring with the masks hanging down that he's got like 20 of them now this man looks like a killer yeah he does he's gonna kill someone all right um yeah i just love the way that he looks he since taking that mask off has fucking shined and i gotta take credit for that one i will i was saying it for months anyway <laughs> I was on that fucking hype before Kanosuke even got here. That's how long I've been on that hype for. Anyway, um, Kanosuke obviously looked great. Don's super knowledgeable. He's almost like evil Excalibur, which if I ever find out that he's the guy that does commentary with Excalibur for fucking, like, for PWG, I'm going to be pissed, but also be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but he's like evil Excalibur, so that's cool. Um, Preston can sell, dude. Like, I know that was a question yes, I can. had a while back. He was selling his ass off in this match. The momentum did briefly stall coming out of the commercial break, but that's just wrestling, you know. Um, Jose grabbed the boot. He kicked out of the discus lariat, which everyone that knows knows that's history going back to Brody. You know what I mean? So that move doesn't yep. get kicked out of very often. So that's a big deal, you know. Um, and then a very high stock on the backslide from Kanosuke. I like that. It's like, you know, because Kanosuke is a genius, you know. So obviously picked up the win, beat the big man. Uh, didn't have a mask to collect anyway. So even if he would have lost here, it wouldn't have made sense for, for Preston to really. I mean, it would have been a big win, but, you know, it wouldn't have been like, it wouldn't have added to what he's doing. Who should Preston face that he could steal a mask from that would be big? Like, that would be, 
Could he fit Bandito, Ray, right? Bandito, Ray Phoenix, dude. Ooh, either of those matches would be huge. I mean, I know they technically did stuff with Phoenixes, but or with Phoenix and, and Penta already, but him just versus Ray Phoenix and he, he gets the mask at the end, that would be. I don't know, man. I don't know. Big. It could be huge. Yeah. And you know that'd be a good match. You know, Ray Phoenix would wrestle his ass off in that match, you know? Wrestle circles around the oh. man. I had a lot of fun watching this, though, you know? Absolutely. No, yeah, and uh, I thought it. I thought it worked. I liked uh, Don Callis getting the call on commentary here. Thought it worked. Thought it worked well. Yeah, and I don't think Preston Vance losing hurts him at all. It's to catch the kick and uh, back on his uh, getting back on the win, winning horse here, if you will. Yeah, I guess uh, Kadesha could have gone to like the worlds in like amateur wrestling or something like that. Is that like what he said or something along those lines? And he just said, "Nah, I'm a wrestler, bro." Yep. So okay. Swerve Strickland promo. It was short, but it's had people talking for the past 24 hours nonstop because of the wording he used. Swerve Strickland has more in store for Keith Lee. Good. He should. Okay, before we get to Both that, mogul, do we think the mogul affiliates are gone? Well, yeah, that ties into this. Both mogul affiliates are on the shelf, thanks to Lee. That's why I was asking that. But, do we think that means they're But Strickland, gone? yep, but okay. Strickland has more bullets in the chamber. Very specific wording. Um, both mogul affiliates are on the shelf, right? Now, what does I think this mean? I, it might mean, yeah, they're, they're dropping them off and they're going to bring in new ones. It might just mean we're going to take a break for a little bit because, you know, Parker, he didn't look fantastic in that match again. He looked okay. But, and Trench hasn't wrestled yet. So, again, maybe they're just they That's feel like Trench, Trench has been ready. left on the bench. Trench. So the mogul affiliates are on the shelf right now. He has more bullets in the chamber. We just talked about how on Dynamite, they're starting to bring Bullet Club more and more into America. Bullets in the chamber. Could he be talking about bringing some Bullet Club into his life? Maybe he brings in Chris Bay and Ace Austin, who we just talked about. Won the titles. As his, his new guys. We've seen crossover with Impact plenty of times before. Get get, and, get juice in there too? Uh, hey? Get juice in there? Ayo? Potentially Jay White if he's around, you know? And everyone, this, this theory that's been getting tossed around now over the past 24 hours is... Listen, I know Jay White was well, technically cooked at a Bullet Club, but fuck that. That was dumb. Yeah. But uh, the theory that's been going around a lot is Bullet Club is looking for a new leader. Some people are thinking, what if Swerve Strickland becomes the new leader of Bullet Club? And you kick it off in AEW. And, yeah, I mean, that could be huge. No, I don't think that is. I think Bullets in the Chamber is a reference to he's got, you know, more people that he's going to call in that are gonna, that can beat you know some what, ass dude, with him. Do you know what I want it to be a reference to? Oh, I want it to be. A, I want him to be bringing the mask out, brother. I need that kill shot game. I need that arc. I need that arc so from cool. Evil Swerve. Put the mask on. Take put the mask on. Leave the bodies in the ring. But yeah, Swerve Strickland looks like a million bucks. This was such an evil promo. It was like twenty seconds, and yet it's all I've seen on the timeline for twenty four hours. That's how you know you fucking. What if he's not going with the Bullet Club? What if he's putting the mask on, turning the Dark Order evil as Killshot? <laughs> oh God. Okay. I, 
I think I like the mogul. I don't know. What, that would be a hard sell. Really? Okay. So we can't take the dark. So just admit it. We cannot take the dark order seriously, no matter what they do. We can't put them with Swerve. I think here's the thing. Why not? If they're supposed to be taken seriously, if we're serious, there are fun, go happy baby faces. Ugh. And that's just, that's where they're at. They're entering their own baby face feud. I think for Swerve, if you're bringing in more people, I would like to see Anthony at go I just Can I here. just say, I hope it's not the Bullet Club because I feel like the Reliance, I mean, I'm fine with Juice bringing it back if he wants to bring it back for some stuff, but like, I don't need non-Bullet Club members to be jumping into the Bullet Club. It feels like so like outdated at this point. You know what I mean? Like, not outdated, just, just like it's not like, it doesn't even matter in New Japan that much anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, Bullet Club you know, matches get the hype that they used to? Like, uh, well, they, do, mean, they, they have, do an impact. Jay White was a great leader. Jay, some people say Jay White was the best leader Bullet Club ever had. And he had a peaceful ending. And now they're bringing in Finley. So I don't know. It's a weird spot. We've seen Finley in AEW as well. If this means he's bringing in Austin and Bay, I mean, I'm going to fucking love it. And it just means he's hired some Bullet Club to help him out. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. I, would he, if he joined Bullet Club, I'd be down with it. However, I personally the think the Mogul Affiliates is a better name for what he's trying to establish it's it screams swerve strickland it is this character and yeah i know i'm shouting at clouds with the whole kill shot thing but i want him to do it just for one match just come on dude come on wrestle have him come out as dante if he fox if he has to enter like some super dark territory again in keith lee for this feud and he has to rely on the mask to, to bring out this darker side of him Dude, almost oh be my like god, the demon I'm writing it in my head right now. He goes backstage, he finds AR Fox, he doesn't want to talk to him, but he gives him the time of day because they were, you know, buddies for so long, and he says, I think I have to go back there, or something like that, and he's like, I think you do too. Like, he tells him, have to are go- you sure you want to yes. do that? Oh my god. It could be brilliant. Look, not many people would know what it is about, but for the, it doesn't have to be. No, you could, you they- could sh- tell, you could tell us, you could have Excalibur be like, this is like when they were in Lucha Underground, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. It could be like his embracing the demon character like Finn does. It could be really cool. Okay, moving on. Mark Briscoe uh, was in the ring cutting a promo. He announced a Reach for the Sky ladder match for the what ROH a, World Tag Team name. titles at So Good. And it will be at the next pay-per-view for Ring of Honor, which is Supercard of Honor. Crowd you know what I'm going to say? Announcement. Put Mark Briscoe on commentary for that, even if he has a match. I would, yeah. Maybe he'll be on commentary with his new TN, new or uh, TV championship. Or FTR after just winning the tag championships on there because you sneak him into the show somehow. There it is. And the Lucha Brothers are the first entrance into the match. I mean, you can't go bigger than that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, he said, uh, we just need a team of called Dem Lucha Boys with uh, Briscoe and Lucha Bros. So, fuck it. Matt Hardy promised to train Stokely for his match with Hook. <laughs> what we need are some Rocky-style training vignettes with Matt Hardy and fucking Stokely yes. getting ready yes. for his match with Give Hook. me that on social media, please. <laughs> please. How great would God. that be? Please have that open dark this week, like, or something. Oh, please, God. You can even, like, put Rocky rip-off music in there. Yeah, like, Creed's in right now. Yeah, dude. Oh, please. Have him punching Matt Hardy and, like, barely connecting to the chest. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, dude. He's punching meat. I mean, dude, yeah, you literally. seriously make this work. Oh, this could be hilarious. And have Hook, like, just eating chips and, like, cutting, intercutting between clips of Hook eating chips and prep. <laughs> okay. We have our uh, main event here. 
<clears throat> Imagine booking this and... on your first television show, like for a title yep. match, and then this is the match you can go back to the well. Fucking almost four years later, like, yep, that's uh, insane. Rio won the women's world title match on the first episode of Dynamite, October 2019. Nyla won the return match on February of 2020. Three years later, this is the rubber match. This is the third time they've ever met. Riho defeated Nyla Rose in the main event of AEW Rampage. And uh, t- take the lead on our final one. Absolutely. What did you think of this Absolutely. match? Yeah, no, I and, really uh, enjoyed this, yeah. They t- Riho's return is a fucking massive success so Hopefully far. Hopefully we uh, get a third, possibly a fourth match out of her. That would be great. I don't know if that's going to happen. Generally, a couple of weeks after like we'll hear that she's going to be gone because we won't see her but i mean that's not always what happens so maybe maybe they got an extended reho tour here we don't know um but yeah they just have these two have good chemistry uh it was really funny moment where uh reho tried to lift uh uh excuse me nyla and uh nyla just shouted baka at her um (laughs) funny stuff baka means i believe uh idiot in japanese if i remember correctly um so that's funny uh rio did a really nice surprise pikachu face when uh, she got caught out of the air trying to do a sneaky like dive attack on nyla nyla said yoink and she said huh um marina did some shenanigans um rio sells like a fucking champion man which makes sense because she was a champion but i'm saying like just using that turn of phrase like like goddamn um yep marina needs to react to the action going in the ring uh, on the outside more they cut to her once and she was just like dead she was not even present like she was there but she was like huh. anyway um through crazy near falls, um, the really crazy roll-up ending that, you know, Riho definitely needed to pick up the win here. I mean, I don't think Nyla would would have been terrible to win here, but I think what you want to do with Riho clearly, which I don't know what that is, but whatever that is, you know, whether she's a homegrown, whether she's yeah. something else. I mean, you can't get more homegrown than Riho, right? Like, you know, um, I mean, maybe you could argue Tokyo Joshi Pro or whatever, you know, whichever promotion, but like, you know, whatever. She's pretty homegrown, you know. First champion, you know. Anyway, I really enjoyed exactly. this match, though. Any thoughts that you had particular had on this yourself? Uh, just a really good main event to Rampage. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we're getting this Riho run. She's four and zero since her return, and she's getting big victories. Two former champions, she's beat. She's beat Diamante, and as well. So it's nice to see, and I'm really digging it, man. I gotta say, I'm digging it. So the post match, the Outcasts, they make their way. And uh, Rose and Shafir let them pass because they're like, I don't, I don't want to paint with you. <laughs> they paint the green. They spray paint the green L on Riho, and we've kind of been talking on here. We hope Riho's a, a member of the homegrown, you know, team her up with Hater and Britt. That makes sense to be a third. It's Riho. Speaking of Hater, first champion. There was a sign in the and- crowd that said. Uh, what was it? It was on the rampage. What was it? It was hate breed. It was hater. I thought that was good. If you know that band, yeah, it's a good sign. It was a nice touch, and overall, I think this was it ended up being a, a solid rampage. It wasn't anything spectacular, but I liked the beginning. I liked the end. I mean, it didn't drag or anything. Promos in between, so exactly, it didn't drag at all. You know, and it's rampage is one of those shows when I I enjoyed it. I sat down, watched it, and enjoyed it. So, yeah. Next week, next week, next week. We've got like a full card announced. Hell um, yeah. We got uh, the AW World Trios Championship, House of Black, against Jericho Samuel. The Winnebaker match. Against the Elite. Yep. MGF's Rebar Mitzvah. The AW International Championship match, Orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett. 
Hangman, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno against John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. TBS Championship, Jade in an open challenge. QTV with QT Marshall and TNT Champion Powerhouse Hobbs. Man, does that feel good to say. TNT Champion Powerhouse Hobbs. Put some motherfucking respect. And then the Outcast. Soraya, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho speak. That's uh, three women segments lined up. That's kind of nice. The women have... Uh, I'm not going to say that anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah. So women I, have three segments, I, so that's actually kind of wild for AEW. Let's be real. Three women segments? Yeah. What? Say what? And TK yeah, off a beam. For us. We <laughs> light the beam. That'll be it for us. We had a nice length show. We had a lot we want to talk about here. And I feel good about everything we talked about. I feel yeah, like I agree. We had a nice fun show here. Stuff. It was a good wrestling. Two hours, fifteen minutes. If you if you stuck with us, if you if you made it through the 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 asylum of hell, I don't know. Um, then we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you very much. And if you feel like checking us out again and sticking around, if you're on Spotify, I know there's a little follow button on any platform. You can probably hit follow of some sort. If you want to check out our Twitter, Eat Sleep Elite. We'll uh, give you a follow back as uh, trying to build a little community there. So we appreciate it. That being said, thank you. And uh, hopefully we got a, a fun week of wrestling next week as we go to Canada, Winnipeg, Canada, Canada, bud, 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 buddy, pal. Don't you fucking pal me? Don't you fucking play, buddy? Shitter? <laughs> <laughs>